You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we are talking about Showdown in Little Tokyo from 1991. Uh, to help me talk about it, I'm joined by two great guests. Uh, first up, we have the host of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. It's Ewan Patterson. Ewan, how you doing? Hello, Matt. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm fantastic. So excited to talk about this movie with you. <laughs> yeah, so. you've, you've introduced something truly special to me um i'm I, i'm just convinced more now now more than ever that dolph lundgren is like the most gorgeous man alive and maybe the most unheralded action star ever question mark <laughs> question mark we could talk about that i i we'll talk about it plenty it's your first time watching this i'm so excited to hear first time thoughts on this movie from you but um gotta introduce our other guests so next up we have a man who's a regular guest on the we love dad movies podcast and He's starting his own podcast soon, and I'm very excited about called the Blind Spots Podcast. Uh, Dan Grima, Dan, how you doing? Hello, Matt. I'm I'm great. Long time listener, first time first time caller. <laughs> very uh, very excited to be here. As as the actual um, like official voted most gorgeous man alive, I also take a lot of uh, issue with your with your statement, you and about Dolph. I we're gonna Dan, have to have some some words about that, Dan. It's not, it's no con. He's going to beat you up. He's going to beat you up and steal your lunch money. And I could take him. I don't know. He'll take the award from you. It'll, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> he's going to stab you, throw you onto a wheel in a parade, and then oh blow you God. up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you guys yeah. could have been in the room with me and Zan when we were watching that last night, and just the, the mo I jumped off the couch. I was just yeah. like, oh, this is sick. He's impaled him on the Catherine wheel. Oh my god, the Catherine wheel's spinning. Oh my god, the Catherine wheel's blown up. It's just oh, absolutely brilliant. That's was, the reaction yeah. I want to hear from what that's that's what I did the first time. I was like, Yes, this movie couldn't get any better. Uh and then they get out. Right? We're, we're jumping way ahead and spoiling, but it's okay. People need to watch <laughs> this if they haven't. It's it's uh you watch it on a little Tokyo. It, that, that telling the ending, you have to experience it for yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. Anyway, so of the two of you guys, we're talking about a great duo here. Who's Brandon Lee? Who's Dolph Lundgren? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. I, that's it. I feel like I feel like neither of us. Is, I think I feel like we're both the person, the woman that gets her head chopped off midway through the movie. <laughs> what? What? What situations are you getting yourself into? I mean, I'm, I'm a big drug. No, I'm kidding. Okay, um, I'm just gonna say right now that I can't call myself the Dolph Lundgren of the pair because I'm not as hot as Dolph Lundgren and also not as big. 
However, as someone who uh, appreciates short king representation, um, Brandon Lee is like the coolest <laughs> short king ever, <laughs> and I love the I love I, I I I think this might be this might be the first Brandon Lee movie I've ever actually ever seen, um, oh, which wow. is wild. But yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take the coward's way out of this question, is uh, Dolph is who I aspire to be. Not that Brandon Lee is any less aspirational <laughs> to a thing to a person to aspire to be between them, but I want to pull off Dolph Lundgren's look. I won't be able to. I can see myself in Brandon Lee's outfits more in, in Little Tokyo. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you would more likely be Brandon Lee than than me, just because out of the two of us, you'd be the one who would be more likely to be physically able to pull off a jump kick. I I used to I used to do martial arts a long time ago. Exactly. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's hard to say, yeah, no, who who could claim to be Dolph Lundgren because like he's like a Greek god that was sent from another planet oh or something. It's like insane. God, when he <laughs> when he's walking out in the street and he's just got the tank top on, like I don't know how the extras kept their heads on because I would have been like walking around being like, is he a license for those? <laughs> Jesus, he's not, a, he's not a person you see out in the wild. Like you don't see people like that. Just like it's, it's just insane, insane. Um, but uh, I'm so excited to talk about this. But we did, we do, we always do in the show. Talk about stuff we've seen lately first. So, um, Dan has never been here before, so I'm gonna let Dan go first with stuff he's seen lately. So, Dan, what do you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. This is this is like I'd love this part of your podcast. This is my this is almost <laughs> my you. favorite bit. This is nice to hear. Um, <laughs> this this is the bit where I'm like I wish I'd thought of doing this bit before before Matt did. Um, well, I saw this. I've watched, I've watched a few podcasts, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a few good ones. Um, a couple not so good ones. Um, I think one I watched that that I started the week with was um, I've been over the past few weeks doing a watch through of the Sniper franchise, and oh, I finally yeah. rounded that out this past Monday with um, with Sniper Grit. Which I don't, uh, you and I don't think you've seen it, Matt. Have you seen it? I have not. No. It's on my like list of things I want to see soon. Not like not my giant watch list that grows every. It's like I need to watch this <laughs> soon because all action Twitter was talking it up and saying how good it was and underrated it was. I need to see it. So I'm curious your thoughts on it. it it's it's great. I, I had okay. a really fun time with it. My my kind of like journey with that franchise was i was i was enjoying them all there was there was one that i didn't really like that much but i was kind of enjoying them all but the most i was getting to was like if you go by letterbox scores like a 3.5 so i was never like in love with the franchise and then mm-hmm. the last two movies there's this kind of change in tone and it becomes way more of like a like a buddy comedy action adventure kind of movie and it gains this kind of different personality it's a lot more fun it's a lot more funny um and it, it just became in those like last two movies so immediately like my shit. Like I was so into it in those last two. And Sniper Grit's such a great argument for how good DTV movies can be. Because mm. we we all know that still a lot of DTV movies get a bad rap as like people immediately think low budget equals bad. And that's this is the kind of movie that's a great argument against that. It looks great. It's got really it's good performances in it. It's got some of the best action sequences of last year. There's a really good fight at the end where um, an actress, I think her name's Luna Fujimoto, apologies to her if I got that wrong, um, just fights like a whole bunch of guys outside of prison. And it's one of the most entertaining fights I've seen in recent memory. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an absolute blast and it's a great argument for for, for DTV. So I definitely, definitely recommend you guys check, check it out. 
yeah, I got to see that. It's and it's on like Netflix, so it's right there waiting for me. Uh, so, are there like how big, how long is that Sniper franchise now? Like, are we ten movies deep into that thing? There's like... ten, yeah. So, okay, <laughs> I think over thirty years they've done ten movies. That's um, wild, yeah. They've got good, they've so got good it... SEO authority. Everyone's obsessed with snipers. If someone types in sniper movie, they're gonna get there. I'm in massive yeah, yeah, yeah. of the business and the trade right now. <laughs> it's 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 funny because it's the first one was out in like '93. Uh, it was out in the theaters. Tom Berenger, good year, um, good movie, and then it yeah. immediately went to DTV. And I think the second one came out in like 2001, 2002, and then in the space of 2002 to 2023, they've made nine more movies. Switched wow. over to Chad Michael Collins instead of um, Berenger, but you'd be surprised how many Berenger still shows up in. He's in like six or seven of them overall. I, I did not know that. That's surprising. I thought he bailed for like yeah, he, three. Like I thought he was done. <laughs> no, he he comes back wow. a few times, and uh, Billy Zane comes back a few times. Who's he's also in the oh. first one. Um, but they're 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 entertaining. I think it's it's kind of crazy to me that a DTV franchise has reached as many movies as the fast and furious franchise and you could probably like add up the budget of every sniper movie combine them into one and it still wouldn't cost as much as fast x did oh i'm sure yeah like what did that cost like 340 million dollars like that i don't remember it got out of, it got out of hand yeah that budget something like that that's <laughs> wow all right i gotta yeah i gotta watch that one and then maybe go back because i haven't seen any other movies in that franchise so grit's a grit's a good start off point like you i think you could watch or, or if not great rogue mission which is the ninth one i think you could quite easily jump on there and not be confused what, because when it's... Did the, sorry when did the ninth one come out rogue mission 2022 so that was the year i was before. gonna say if they had looked at like rogue nation and just gone we're gonna call our sniper movie rogue mission mission <laughs> <laughs> it just changed one word yeah that's that's like the one where the team dynamic there's this new team that kind of gets set up and there's mm-hmm. um or maybe the one before that the eighth one is might be a good place to start if you didn't want to watch through all of them but they kind of start the current kind of team of characters with that one and the the tone of grit is set up in rogue mission so if you didn't want to watch okay. them all that's a good place to start from <laughs> okay sounds good sounds good uh what else you got um what else did I watch? I watched Nothing but um... Sniper. We're <laughs> <laughs> going backwards. I watched 10 Sniper movies in, in <laughs> three it. days. No, I I, um, I watched, uh, I'll talk about two others. I watched uh, Robot Dreams, which is, um, <laughs> so it's currently up for best animated feature at this oh, year's. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard of this. Yep. Um, it's a, I, I think it's a French movie. The only reason I'm not 100% sure what country it's from is because it doesn't have any dialogue. Um, but it's basically an animated movie about uh, it's like set in a world with like anthropomorphic anthropomorphic. Did I say that word right? Um, yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's about a dog who's kind of lonely, and he buys a robot who he kind of basically immediately becomes best friends with. Um, takes the robot to the beach. Um, robot ends up not being able to move comes back the next day to get the robot beach is closed so he has to like wait a year to get this robot and it just cuts between the dog and the robot kind of living over that next year and it's really funny it's really nice it's really heartwarming it's like about a very specific kind of it's a big film about friendship and it's about like a really specific kind of friendship of everyone's had like those friends that you might not know for that long a time but they make a huge impact on your life i think it's a really good kind of movie to highlight that um but it's yeah it's 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 really really worth a watch and i think it's 
it's going to come to the Oscars and it's inevitably going to lose to Spider-Verse. But <laughs> it, yeah. I think it's definitely worth checking out. It's it, I really, really liked it. I don't know where it's available because I... I'll be honest, it's not available here in the UK, so I might have used some alternative means to view uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Um, no, no judgment. If, if it's ava- <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was available legally somewhere, I would. But yeah, um, yeah, if if it's available somewhere for you, I, I think it's a, a really nice, nice little movie. It's like an hour forty, so it doesn't run too long. It's uh, really, really I, looks uh, like my. I went on IMDb. It looks like my local art house theater may start showing it next week. If I'm reading this right. All right. So, nice. yeah, because I I remember I heard about it a while ago and I was like, I want to see this. And it, it was not coming out for a, a very long time whenever I heard about it. And it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I'm like, how am I going to see this? <laughs> so uh, I may have to go check that out because it sounded really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you're able to see it because, yeah, it's a weird release, it looks like, with this. Like, it's very yeah, staggered. I, mean, for me, I don't know. <laughs> for me, it was just a case of I, my friends and I, a couple of friends of mine, and, and I watch the Oscars every year. We try and watch all the movies beforehand. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't for that, I would have probably just waited for it to come out. But I wanted to catch it before, like, Oscar weekend to get it, you know, ticked off the list. And yes. I'm really glad I uh, <laughs> really glad I did. Oh, cool, cool. Um, okay, what you said, yeah, one more thing. What's what's next? I'm curious. <laughs> I, I watched, uh, the, the other one I watched was um, a movie called Happy New Year, which I really liked. Um, it's a, a, a Bollywood um, kind of, I guess, act action comedy but there's not a lot of action in it but it's it's uh it's got Rukh khan in it who um was in in uh two of the best action movies of last year which were uh, patan and Jawan. um again i don't know if you guys have seen those no i'm a total uh novice when it comes to indian cinema like i genuinely have not touched a single <laughs> single one same i'm the same as you you and i i like i want to but i haven't d- dipped my toes in yet and i hear about all these on twitter usually and I'm like, I should see that. And then I don't see it. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's funny because my my brother-in-law is actually Indian. <laughs> and he, it's funny because I, I tell him like, oh, these movies are like really popular. Like with people I know, these actually, he goes, he goes, really? I hate those things. He's like, <laughs> he, he can't stand Bollywood movies. And he's Indian. Like, I think it's maybe he grew up with them. And like, he just thinks they're like utterly ridiculous. He's like. He is. I don't. Know, he is, that's like, what I, I love about them. <laughs> that's what I told him. I was like, people love how ridiculous they are. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, people love them. And he's like, can't do it, man. It's too much for me. <laughs> the, the, Indian so Indian movies are so great. At, like they the, that country has has grasped the concept of a movie star better than Hollywood currently does. The way that Indian movies like hook their actors up, they make in the action movies especially, they make their guys look like the coolest people who have ever lived. And I, I went and saw Patan in a cinema last year. Uh, I'd seen some of the other movies in that universe. Um, I was the only white guy in there. And so far, I've seen about <laughs> five Indian movies in the cinema and always been the only white guy in there, uh, which is kind of a shame to me because I'm like, I wish more people were checking out foreign movies uh, or, or international movies. Um, but I was like completely blown away by how much I liked uh, Shahrukh Khan because I thought he was like ridiculously charismatic and played a great action hero and... He's got like, a huge following as a romantic comedy lead as well. Um, so I've been kind of going through some of his movies and uh, this was the one I like settled on this week. And it's basically about a group of people who he leads a group of people who want to steal diamonds from this like uh, rich businessman who's responsible for putting Shahrukh Khan's dad in jail years ago. He framed him for a crime. Uh, and the only way they can do this heist is the he- the diamonds are in a safe in a in the bottom of a hotel. It's like underneath a hotel, 
and the only access to the room that they can get into to get into this this safe is uh it's a room being held for uh, a worldwide dance competition the world dance championships so <laughs> Sharuk khan and his and his guys have to all learn to become dancers have to qualify as the Indian team for the World Dance Championships oh my God. and then be able to get access to this room to get ready. Oh, so they can what, a, what an easy sell. So they that hire, what a perfect setup for hire, dance it's numbers great. usually in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> they they hire a, a dance teacher who's uh, uh, Deepika uh, Padukone, who's also in Bhutan, who's great. Um, and she basically teaches them to dance and becomes part of it. So it's kind of like a... It's a weird comedy. Like the the humor is really inconsistent in it. Like there's some really weirdly cartoony scenes in there, um, and there's a couple of like great fight scenes that they sort of shoehorn in. Um, but it's a really it's it's an entertaining time. Um, it's also three hours long, which I don't know it needs right. to be. Well, but that's... that's hurt me slightly. And as as someone who likes long movies, that has hurt me slightly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to generalize like a lot, but. Indian movies, or at least all of the ones I've watched, like I haven't watched one under two hours fifteen. They they are long movies. Yo, they're always long. They I do. asked my brother-in-law about that. I was like, "Why are Indian movies always so long?" And he's like, "It's like a big deal people to go to the movies over there, so it's like they want a whole event. Like they don't want yeah, like, yeah. they want to like get their money's worth basically, and they want like dancing and action and comedy. It's like." So they're huge movies. They're super long. It's like, because I, I was like, these are all like three to four hours long. What is going on? <laughs> like, they it's, want yeah, their money so, so yeah. long. <laughs> but but it's, it's it's a great time. And I, I find I find with it, I didn't at least in that three hours get bored with it. It's very colorful. It's vibrant. It's fun. It's funny. It's got some good action. Shah Rukh Khan is as, as charismatic as ever. Um, but yeah, yeah, really, really good time. So it's a, it's a good, uh, a good in to check out his movies, I think. When I see clips or trailers of like Indian movies, I will say the people, the stars look like movie stars. Like they look at the coolest, best looking people on the planet and they look super cool, which we I think is like a lost art over here. I know uh, uh, James Coddington, TJ Mackey, everybody, I feel like he's always talking about Tony Scott, like making people look good in his movies. And it's like they don't do that enough over here in Hollywood to make like I mean, make stars anymore. <laughs> that's why we love people like Arnold and Sly and, yeah, you know. Dolph people like that because like <laughs> those movies that used to come out that they would star in in the 80s and 90s are like they that's what they got and, and people are more like with movies now a lot of the times they're more like going to the movie to see the character than the actor like there's only a couple of actors now like like Cruz or yeah. like Denzel Washington where people are going to see that star yeah don't, I don't my, get it as my often. mom at least all the time I feel like in the 90s they were saying we're going to see that new so and so Julie Roberts movie. It was always that we're going to see the new movie with that actor. And I feel like you don't hear that as much anymore. It's like people aren't saying, I want to go see the new uh I'm trying to think like Glenn Powell movie. I like Glenn Powell. I think he's a good movie star. I'm just saying people aren't saying like they're like, yeah, it's like Denzel, Tom Cruise. People still love Tom Hanks, but I think it's a little different. Yeah, like, Hanks might have it. Uh like, but there's very few people that people are like, I want to go see that new movie with so and so. Like it's just it is more about which probably the Marvel effect too. It's like more about character. It's like, you know, so yeah. Characters are a franchise. Yeah. Everything's, yeah, a franchise. So yeah, it's interesting, but different times. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I got to watch some Indian movies at some point. I get, I get, like, especially RRR was such a huge deal. And that was like the one I feel like everybody was like, you got to see RRR. And I still didn't see it because it was like, probably three plus hours long. <laughs> so it's also the, three hours. The Netflix version. I, when I had Netflix, the one that they had wasn't the original 
dub yeah. either. It was a redub, which was really, really annoying. So I'd like to watch it in the OG version rather than maybe with... they had it in Hindi, I think it was, that they had it on. Yeah, um... so with RR, that's language. the case. Yeah. A lot of other Indian movies that have gone on there, they've been putting up multiple versions. Mm. So like, for example, Joanne that came out last year was in hit Netflix and they put the original Hindi version up but then they have it in the different dialects as well. So they have it in like Telugu and Tamil and all those different dialects. So it seems like they're getting a little bit better with that, but I don't understand why they didn't do that with RRR. Oh, that's weird. But, uh, but I don't know. I'll have to track that one down with the right, uh, <laughs> the right dubbing, I guess. Um, so anything else, Dan, or was that all you want to talk about? I, I think that's, I won't go on too long. Yeah, I think they're the okay. kind of main thing I watched. The only other movie I watched I won't talk too much about because I didn't really like it all that much, um, <laughs> which was uh, uh, Rustin, the biopic about uh, with Coleman Domingo that he's up for the Oscar for. Um, oh, I'd heard about that when it got nominated. And I was like, what is this movie? It's like one yeah, of the movies I mean, where I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's a very, it's just a biopic that like feels like a really, it just feels like it's listing through bullet points rather than actually doing anything Oh, yeah. Of no or any like hitting anything emotionally. And it, the I think the main thing it's got going for it is Coleman Domingo is like really, really good in it. Um but I yeah, I wasn't a I wasn't a okay. big fan yeah, of Yeah, I'm not honest. a big fan of the standard biopic, honestly. So I bet you ever saw I, I saw Walk Hard Dewey Cox movie and I can't take any of these <laughs> things seriously because it just skewered them all so badly. It's just ridiculous. Um okay, uh Ewan, what did you seriously you want to talk about? Um, so, water as I asked you that. Uh, no, 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 it's, it's actually a lemon and ginger tea. It's oh, okay. uh, delightfully refreshing. It's really cold, and the the rain keeps atmospherically bombarding my window. Um, I've I've been I've been slacking, man. I mean, I've watched a lot, but I've not been like twenty twenty three was such a good year of first watches for me, and so far twenty twenty four is the year of rewatches. So I've rewatched a lot of enjoyable things, which is good. Most of which I won't discuss here because they're going to be future episodes of Wheel of Dad movies. And I guess it would be a spoiler if I discuss them. <laughs> Another one is an episode, going to be an episode for Dan's podcast as well, which um, I'm looking forward to listening back to because that was a great introduction. Can, can I reveal what that is, or do you want to keep it as a surprise, Dan? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can say it. Yeah, yeah. I've already basically put it. On so, the so I watched account. the I watched the Fly for the first time, Cronenberg, oh, which nice. is also my first Cronenberg movie, and I I oh. loved it so much. <laughs> um, just so so emotionally heartbreaking which i wasn't expecting it really rather got its 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 fly hooks into my skin <laughs> um just i said it in the podcast with, that we did with dan where it was like um even though i know that the fly is going to show up in the movie the fly and jeff goldblum is going to turn into a big fly it, when it starts happening i was still there like no don't turn into the fly in the movie <laughs> the fly um which yeah, um, I watched Light Sleeper for the first time last week. That's probably been my big kind of movie highlight of the last month, uh, apart from seeing Thief on the big screen, which was incredible. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but Light Sleeper was the first watch. Paul Schrader, uh, Willem Dafoe, Susan Sarandon. Um, don't know if either of you have seen that one. You know what's funny? I just watched this. Oh, <laughs> like, hell yeah. A month ago, or like very recently, I just watched this because I don't know why, maybe because of like, the Paul Schrader uh of it all i don't know what or uh somehow i just stumbled across was it, it his ambient ambient posting on facebook again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made a real facebook. dig at dune today as well oh god oh that? paul oh paul <laughs> oh um, paul what are we but do yeah <laughs> light sleeper i just adored like um just a really really 
great movie about like the nicest guy in the drugs business just failing (laughs) to really recognize that his life is being destroyed before his eyes and um just really really good and devastating you could probably look at it and go okay this is very thematically and structurally similar to a lot of previous schrader movies like you Mm -hmm. do have you know spoilers there is a shootout at the end that is framed very similarly to a lot of schrader's scripts where you have the the tension builds the final thing and you have like kind of like a a bloody end to it but no i i loved it willem dafoe is just absolutely fantastic in that film uh super atmospheric I love the way it's shot um has one of the most romantic ending scenes in a film uh, ever where like i won't i won't give it away dan because i'm not sure if you've seen it or not but um just absolutely... i don't even think i've heard of it i'll be honest oh you need to get on that i mean i don't know how many schrader movies you've watched um but I've like a couple was was brilliant i my favorite one that he's directed so that I've seen that he's directed so far is Affliction, though, which I watched at the start of January. And that that is a that is a movie you want to sit with. Nick Nolte is incredible in that thing. Um I also watched Universal Soldier for the first time last week. Um nice, nice. <laughs> my first attempt at watching it, I fell asleep about half an hour in because I'm I'm getting older now and I'm assuming <laughs> the the dad's the posture on the couch and falling asleep through a nine o'clock movie. <laughs> refusing to admit that I'm tired, but I picked it back up the following day. And um that movie is fascinating. That thing is really, really fascinating. I think it's um yeah, like I didn't I didn't expect it to be like I was going into it expecting just kind of like a schlocky sci-fi movie that kind of lent into, you know, maybe the Terminator or like Robocop in terms of tone. I didn't expect it to get as exacting with the social commentary as those movies. Um it's kind of got a lot of a lot of great things to say about soldiering and war and the way that, you know, the military industrial complex treats people. My favorite images in that film is when Dolph Lundgren is trying to get his men together and he throws them into a meat locker as if you could like get a perfect representation of how, you know, the military <laughs> mm-hmm. has its attitude towards like people who who, who work there um, and who serve. Um, he is just incredible in that film. I love JCVD as well. He's brilliant in that too. And his uh, his his doleful humanity in that thing really does anchor it for me. Um, but Dolph is just sensational like um i tweeted out the other day the image of him where he's got all the he make he remakes his ear necklace i love a man with a hobby I'm not gonna <laughs> lie um and he just does the whole i'm all ears pun which is fantastic a lot of yeah, yeah 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 um, and he, he like I, the one thing that i wanted from that movie was that i wish like it had more action in it i feel like yeah that's... the opening the opening two thirds of that, well, the first, the first third of that movie, it's it's very weird how stilted the gunplay is. I feel like there, Emmerich doesn't really know how to frame shootouts in a way that's actually engaging. I think he's kind of caught between two minds on, I need to make sure that these guys look like zombified robot soldiers, so they have very slow, exacting movements, um, and actually making like a frenetic you know tense firefight i think he really struggles there um but you know the final fight scene even though it's lit really poorly um i did enjoy that that clash with them and i had a similar kind of feeling reaction to the way that that movie resolves where dolph gets impaled on the thresher and then i was like <laughs> he's not gonna he's, he's impaled enough he's not gonna go and switch the thing on is he and lo and behold he switches the thing on at the end like just really fierce really fun um and yeah, no, it's, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I, yeah great, great oh. week for the movies, and just I love, <laughs> I love Dolph Lundgren, and 
the one takeaway that I'm getting from watching all of these movies, and I know Shudan Little Tokyo, we do love it. I think it's a good movie, <laughs> having seen it. Um, the one the one major takeaway I have from just spending more time with him as an actor is um I don't think anyone knew what they had cooking with this man. Like genuinely, like he mm-hmm. should have been a superstar. Like, even if he is a name actor, like I don't think I think he should have been up there with Arnie and Sly. Like he, he, there is no. It frustrates you so much that going into the nineties, he did not get to have that kind of same path that that those guys had. Um, and you know, like Shadow and Little Tokyo, even though it's really good, it's still like a low budget kind of not as well known effort. Um, and then watching a bunch of his other DTV stuff like the other year. Um, it's just it just frustrates me that I feel like no he he's he usually outshines the material that he's he's got to work with. Yeah, I would agree that uh oh I was gonna say too it's but we talked about Carl Weathers recently and he was a guy oh, that's like why were you God, not a superstar? Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like yeah. like just a, a complete tour de force of an actor, and again, absolutely good that he passed away. Both of the, those two should have had like even if they are like icons of the genre and and they are. Um, they should have had the same kind of. They should have been like a Willis, you know. They should they should have been like a an Arnie and a Sly. They should have had bigger moments right. to to do after when, starring in those movies. When you look at some of the people who were like were leading big action movies at the time as well, like no slight on Arnie. We all love Arnie. He's incredible. He's possibly the greatest action hero of all time. Stallone's up there. Willis is great. JCVD is great. But then you've got like people like. And I'm I'm a fan of these as their stars of their films, but like you've got Chuck Norris and you've got like Steven Seagal who've made entertaining <laughs> movies yeah. and look okay in fight scenes, but acting wise or like charisma wise are like the human. They're like watching paint dry in human form. <laughs> That's such a good point. Like you've made yeah. a really really good point there, Dan. Because like as much as I adore Marked for Death. <laughs> <laughs> yes. as just a glorious slice of early 90s cheese and obviously um we what we, we did hard to kill last year as well which, is just a, which you know i love yeah really yeah. fun time and those fun movies movie. work because of seagal's weirdness um <laughs> but now that you mention it i am kind of really angry that those opportunities were given to the freak show with the ponytail and not to like <laughs> legends like yeah. weathers and and Lundgren. like they should have had they should have they should have been the phenomenon you know yeah, and now that we're talking about this, I'm like, you could have dropped Carl Weathers or even Lundgren into, like, Under Siege. And <sighs> I think that movie is still probably better, honestly. And I like Under Siege a lot, but it's, like, it's well-made. It's populated with a great cast around. Seagal's, like, always, to me, like, one of the least interesting things about the movies he's in. Because I like that first run of Seagal movies, <laughs> like, up till... I don't know, fire down below or something or under siege two somewhere. It starts to get a little <laughs> shaky, really solid start. Then it really like, Ooh, but I'm like, man, it's like nineties. Like yeah. He got those opportunities that these other guys could have gotten. They're way more charismatic. Lundgren and Weathers were way more charismatic than Steven Seagal. And it's like, what? I, Seagal's age must've been really great. I don't know, but <laughs> he's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it does suck that, uh, and Lundgren's become a pretty interesting actor as an older guy. Like JCVD's become pretty interesting. They both like, have evolved yeah. as actors and uh 
Uh, you and have you seen more Universal Soldier movies than just the first Universal Soldiers? Only just the first one. I am planning on doing the sequels that everyone loves. I know everyone loves Day of Reckoning. Oh my um, god, it's great! So, so weird, but it's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to dive into those. I mean, I love I love JCVD. Like Hard Target is legitimately like top sixteen movie for me. It's one of my all timers. I'm obsessed with that. Um, so I'll always be down for more more of the the, the muscles from Brussels. I didn't mess it up this time. Every time I every time I say that, I always say the Brussels from muscles, which is just not <laughs> not correct. Um, but you know, I, I will I will be getting around to those, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to to doing them. Um, but yeah, no, I just I, I love Dolph, man. I think I think he's class, and um, I yeah, this was this was great to it's great to have a week with Dolph basically my week with Dolph that is my recent movie experience that does sound nice that's a good week uh so um okay I got two things really quick uh that I'll talk about so I watched this western that from 1968 talk about a dad movie a western from 1968 that uh mm. uh that Vinegar Syndrome put out recently that I never heard of which I was shocked by because it's got Dean Martin and Robert Mitchum and Roddy McDowell and Yafik Koda and it's called five oh, that's Stud. a that's a cast that's a oh. good cast <laughs> i was like how would i heard of this it's a paramount movie like it was a major studio um called five card stud it's basically there's a, it starts with a poker game and this guy is caught cheating and all the guys at the poker game take him out and they hang him and they kill him for cheating and then all the guys in that poker game who killed this guy start getting mysteriously picked off one by one Great premise. Great oh premise. Oh my god, that's like I know what you did last summer meets the Ox Bow incident. That's that sounds class. Oh my god, is there a bit where Dean Martin goes, "What are you waiting for?" Like, <laughs> I, I wish I he does sing the theme song, uh, which is a pretty catchy little theme song. Oh um, man, what's it called? Five Card Stud. I've added that to my watch card list. Stud, yeah, <laughs> this this has got you and Patterson written all over it. It's I'm it's... I'm I'm frothing at the mouth right now. <laughs> so. All that it's listen. It's a good movie. I think I expected a little more just based on like the cast and the premise. Like I don't know if it like fully brings all that home to to a satisfying conclusion. Um, but it's a very interesting like Western whodunit. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like the pace is a little like lacks like, lacks the days of It's a little bit like eh, it's a very lazy Sunday or Saturday afternoon type of movie. Yeah doesn't quite get to like the next gear I wanted to get to, but it's fun. Robert Mitchum is doing like almost like a weird riff on his Night of the Hunter character because he's a preacher uh, again. It's very, it's very interesting. Roddy McDowell's accent goes in and out. He can't, he can't commit to the accent. Um, but, but uh, and Dean Martin's pretty good. He's, he's kind of the guy trying to figure out what's going on, who's doing it. Um, it's a very interesting little movie. And I just couldn't believe I had never heard of it with that cast. Um, so definitely worth seeing. I just, you know, I just thought it might be a little, I guess, better than it was. But it's perfectly good, fine little Western that is very underrated because, like, I, you guys hadn't heard of it. I hadn't heard of it. It's like, where did this movie come from? So um, it's a good time. And, okay, last thing I'll talk about. I, in my 30s, I have become a big Clint Eastwood fan. I think this is like oh, I'm entering yeah. my bad movie phase without even having kids. I'm just like, I love Clint Eastwood now. When I was younger, he was like the old guy. My parents like because he's been old for so long. I mean, he's 90 now. So he was in his 60s when I was a kid. And it was like, um, but now I love Eastwood. And I watched a movie that um I'd read a review of it, uh, and it really sold me on it. So I, I bought the Blu-ray sight unseen called Bronco Billy from 1980. 
which apparently is like, if you ask Clint Eastwood, it's one of the, his favorite movies he's ever made. Um, is that the one kinda... where it's set in like he's a rat, he's like a oh, I'm trying to the right word is it's it's like not a it's not an old west it's not like it's set in the old west or am I getting confused with a different movie? No, it's set in I think like present time. So it made yeah, it came out yeah, yeah. nineteen eighty. So he runs like a Wild West show, and he's yeah. yeah he's Bronco Billy in this Wild West show that's like popularity's falling off. You know, times are changing type thing. The crowds aren't really there. Um, it does feel like it fits with like Eastwood's like thing, which I feel like is he kind of misses old times and like, you know, this type of thing and like uh, reminiscing on the American cowboy and all this kind of stuff. And um, there's a whole idea of like a found family, which I feel like he's touched on a couple times, but it's like, cause him and this little circus crew of his are like pretty loyal to him, but he's like, not paying anybody because he can't pay anybody because they don't have any money, but they still stick with him and they're going around exposure. (laughs) It's probably, it's like such a really warm, charming movie because it's a comedy drama. That's kind of light on comedy. Like it's more like a, you're not going to like laugh out loud. It's not like a raucous comedy, but it's like, oh, okay. Charming, chuckling little, you know, it's like. It looks, uh, it looks really pretty as well. Just looking it up now, it looks movie. like a really vibrant movie. Yeah, it's um, very colorful. It looks warm and like vibrant. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I, re, I, it's one of my favorite things I've seen this year so far. Like I loved it. fascinating, honestly. Just, like I love, it sounds yeah, like he's doing a little bit of a. Uh, interrogating the this the the myth making of the the old west again and like looking at the way entertainment factors into it that sounds really cool <laughs> yeah it's like um oh go ahead dan i think you're gonna say something <laughs> oh sorry no i was just gonna say I've, I've, i feel like i've had exactly the same thing as you where like i i, I turned 30 in 2022 um i'd seen like two clint eastwood movies before that <laughs> yeah and then, those yeah, are rookie like, numbers those are rookie yeah, numbers you yeah, gotta yeah, punch those numbers up more. yeah yeah <laughs> Gotta start. I've been I've been on a kick for like it feels like two years trying to watch Clint Eastwood movies. He has so many movies he directed. Like uh that's why I'm really focused on like what he directed. And uh he has so many movies he's made and he keeps working, he's still working. So have you he's seen not Pale Rider. Not, not new one coming out. Oh, I'm I love Pale Rider. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the one that I'm trying to get Dan to watch that we were gonna do last I, year and didn't I'm, find I'm, the it's time. It's on my to. list. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably top five I, 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 directed movies for me. It's it's up there. I'm constantly spreading first... the gospel of Pale Rider. I'm like, have you heard the good book? The good, <laughs> it's the, the good book of Pale Rider. <laughs> the book of Pale Rider. <laughs> I remember my first Eastwood movie was like a few years ago. Well, my first like classic kind of like Eastwood movie from before the 2000s. Like I'd seen a couple, like I'd seen like Gran Torino when it came out and a couple of others. But I remember I watched Firefox. I don't know if either of you have seen Firefox. Oh, I just bought a double with and... Firefox and Heartbreak Ridge on Blu-ray. Oh, wait, wait, is that is that the uh, the the F four Phantom Vietnam movie? Where yeah, he, which yeah. I'll be flat out honest. Apologies, Matt, if you're about to watch it, but I hated. Oh, people don't like it. Time. It's one of his lowest rated yeah. movies on Letterboxd. It's a very boring movie. Um, and I so I was like, I know there's better Clint than this. I can't let this stop me from watching more Clint. And then thankfully, our boy you and here got me watching his westerns last year, and I got very much on the the Clint train and. Watched like Dirty Harry for the first time a couple of years oh, ago, man. so I was like really won back over by him. I love Clint Eastwood, and this is going to give me a really good segue to tell you all both to watch Paint Your Wagon. There is a new 4K. <laughs> finally, we're finally getting a, a HD release of that movie from I think it's uh I think it's Vinegar Syndrome that's doing it. I could be wrong though. 
Um, do we but, get vinegar syndrome here in the UK? Do they, I think do you they have to, think you have to import them? I think, but it's fine uh, because it'll be it'll be multi region anyway with it being a four K. Um, yeah, probably. But I need everyone to just dispel the notion of the very good Simpsons joke out of their head, because even though it's a very good joke, the movie is fascinating. And Clint Eastwood has a great singing voice, um, and and people should let him talk to the trees. To be honest, because he does it really well. <laughs> Uh, I have not seen Paint Your Wagon. I know you are mm, neither on I. the on that uh that train. Listen, I'll I'll get to it at some point. I'll do I'll do it just. I'm for on you, that man. wagon. On it that was wagon. Right yeah, there. On that, wagon. <laughs> that freshly painted wagon. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. need an oil burst paint because the wood is pine. <laughs> I mean, it's it's oh. also got uh, Lee Marvin in it, right? So that's yes. uh, I don't yeah, think any does. Lee Marvin movie is not going to get the Ewan Patterson seal is, of approval. It is Ewan Kryptonite that might have something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bronco Billy, really good Clint Eastwood movie. Um, and I yeah, I, what I heard about is it wait Foxfire or Firefox? Which one is Firefox? <laughs> Firefox. Uh, that that movie is all people are like it's not very good. But now I'm at the point where I'm like a Eastwood completionist, so I'm just like whatever i get watch it. all of them. i get it um but i've watched a lot before this point i mean have you seen i think my top five i think i'm a drop memory it's unforgiven high plains drifter pale rider oh i can't remember past the top three uh Bron now bronco billy's probably in the top five uh oh, i cannot damn. think of what the other one would be but um have you seen high plains drifter dan yeah i watched it um last year for the first time as part of my kind of western kit that you and got me on that I I didn't take as far as I wanted to, but I am going to go back to very soon. Um, I love High Plains Drifter. Yeah, um, that movie's like weird in a way I didn't expect. Like, it's kind so of, dark. It's so dark. It is, it's, uh, that is one that I I'd always if I'm because I've got quite a few people recently asking me to get like how to get into westerns, and I I think High Plains Drifter is incredible. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant a movie. Um, but I know that people. So I'm getting them to do the same route that you did, Dan, where I get them started yeah, on like yeah. spaghetti westerns and then, and, then, yeah. and then move either direction laterally from there. Um, and a lot of them always go, oh, should I check out High Plains Drift? And I'm like, you may want to wait just a little bit before you really kind of like get the context for it and and don't go in with the notion that he's just going to be playing uh, <laughs> a hero yeah, with a six-shooter. <laughs> I think you at least have to watch the Dollars trilogy before you watch High Plains yeah. Drifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I talked about before. My in was definitely the Italian spaghetti westerns because I thought they were way cooler than the American westerns because they were weirder and bloodier and just more yeah. stylish. I thought, and now I've as I think it older again. I'm like these American westerns aren't so bad after all. I think it's because when you're younger, you appreciate the kineticism and the frenetic pacing of them. And for a few dollars more, the record is still like tied with Big Trouble in Little China is my favorite movie of all time, um, but. I think one thing that you I, I've gotten from rewatching those movies is there's very clearly lots of love and admiration for the masters that came before. Like you see the the, the footprints of um of John Ford all over those Leone movies. Uh, and I, I've in my in as I've gotten older, um the most gratifying Western experiences that I have now are going back to like the OG stuff, like just and just basking in in the beauty that is John Ford. Like my darling Clementine just I would not have cared for that movie if I'd seen it 12 years ago because I would have just compared it to Tombstone and gone, well, Tombstone has Val Kilmer doing the voice and it has Sam <laughs> Elliott and they do that really cool walk in the middle. <laughs> but I watched My Darling Clementine like last year and it's just a masterpiece. 
yeah. I kind of want to get more into the like non Western side of Eastwood. I think that's what I've not watched as much of. Like I've seen Dirty Harry, I've seen Firefox, I've seen like a few of his more modern movies. Um, like you introduced me, you into In the Line of Fire a couple yeah, of years ago, oh, which yeah, I which one. I loved. <laughs> so I kind of want to go into some of the movies he's done more in that. Like I hear the Gauntlet is is quite an entertaining oh, one. The Gauntlet's um, awesome. Yeah, that one's rules. Uh, it's a I weird one called Tightrope. It's like a almost like a. I don't think I've heard of that one. It's got like a Jello flavor to it, and it's like very dark and weird. And he's like investigating murders in New Orleans. I've not and watched like, that one either, but that's on my list too. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. It's like people are killing prostitutes, I think. But then he starts like he's a cop who's like sleeping with prostitutes, and then but he's also got these scenes where he's raising like his two daughters by himself. It's this weird like dichotomy of like family man eastwood and then he's like goes off and like sleeps with prostitutes at night that he shouldn't be doing because he's a cop and it's like very sleazy for him i think he he didn't officially direct it but he basically ghost directed it is what it sounds like um okay there's one that i don't know how good it is but i found it very entertaining called true crime has anyone seen true crime I have not seen True Crime. No, I've heard I, of it. It's very similar to the movie that I was about. Well, not similar, but I was about to recommend another Eastwood movie from that era that I feel like everyone's forgotten, and that was Bloodwork. <laughs> I still haven't seen Bloodwork, but I want to. <laughs> it's it's very okay. The whole thing is that the the suspense is Clint Eastwood's trying to track down a serial killer, and he might have a heart attack while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to check out. I've got um. I've got a Blu-ray of like some like a Clint Eastwood collection that someone oh. bought me a, a few years ago, and it's got the Iger sanction on it as well, which is one I feel like will be oh, very a, much up. That's my a street. weird one. I don't know how much I like. But I, I thought I would love Iger sanction because someone's like, "Oh, it's like his Bond movie." That's but what it a, sounded like to me. There's a lot of weird touches that are do not age well, like at all. <laughs> like you know, some stuff oh, you're like, okay. "Oh, it's a different time," but some of the stuff in Iger sanction, you're like, "Oh, that shouldn't have been cool." That you know, that shouldn't have been okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's okay. It's all right. Um. A true crime is weird because it's not that great, but it has like weird touches to it. Like Clint Eastwood trying to sleep with like a much younger woman at the beginning. Uh, it's like a homeless guy outside of, I think, an office who's like harassing women. And Clint Eastwood's like, hey, pussy man. Like, it's like, get out of here, pussy man. <laughs> and then he has like, he has a daughter who's played by his real daughter that he goes and sees because he's divorced, of course, because he always says, I feel like he's a divorced dad or something. And he's like, He's like, Daddy, so take me to the zoo. And he's like, Oh, I gotta hurry. They do fast zoo. And he like runs the <laughs> stroller like through the zoo. And then like she falls out of the thing and everyone's looking at him like, Oh my god, what a terrible dad. And he's like, Okay, don't worry about it. Get back in the stroller. <laughs> like, that's like Joe so stumbles into like a lion. She falls into a lion and closes That's, somebody, oh, that's the most yeah. McGonagall sounding Clint Eastwood movie <laughs> ever. It's so bizarre. I think it's also there's a lot of scenes with him yelling, it's him. And oh my god, who is it? Sorry, it's gonna bother me. Then we can move on to other things. But yeah, I'm um... trying to eat my lunch here. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's okay. Him, James Woods, and Dennis Leary in an office, all yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, I love office yelling movies. It's one of my favorite. That's an insane trio of, of that's an insane trio of guys yelling that. at each other. Like yeah. that's just, just <laughs> it's almost too much to contain. So true crime, not great, but I thought very entertaining because it's just got so many weird things going on. Um. Yeah, we should do a Clint Eastwood podcast sometime. It sounds like we should just <laughs> in an Eastwood marathon or something. Um, okay, but all right, I'll move on. Showdown Little Tokyo. So excited. Uh, I do want to go to Ewan first because this was his first time seeing this movie, experiencing the greatness that is Showdown Little Tokyo. So I would love to hear his thoughts on the initial thoughts on this movie. Yeah, I mean, 
Oh, what can I say? I thought, first of all, very exciting for me as someone who had never seen a Brandon Lee movie before, um, because I obviously am familiar with his story. I've seen several Bruce Lee movies. I obviously know that how the, the tragic way it ended and the way, the reverential way in which people speak about Brandon Lee's early career and how it was cut short. So I was very, you know, I was looking forward to seeing this and seeing the charisma that was there. He's he's magnetic in the movie. Like he is really, really good with, with scant material to work with, I should add as well. <laughs> the one thing that I want to say about Shodan Little Tokyo is that it is a fantastically entertaining film. Um and I feel like Mark Lester, who I'm so thankful to know after the fact, directed Commando because I just, while I was watching it, I was like, this is giving me such Commando vibes. And lo and behold, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's the same guy. Um, I just feel like if maybe, if maybe another guy had been in charge, we would have gotten like something on the levels of a hard target rather than what is a pretty kind of schlocky but fun piece of action cinema. Um, that was my main kind of overall impressions of it, is that I think that Lundgren and Lee are brilliant and they really do elevate the scant material that they, they, they were given to work with. Um, I just, I love their chemistry. The the hilarious switching of like, you know, it's, it's, it's the white boy American who is like, <laughs> like, you know, practicing Bushido and is like fully in with like you know the the warrior code and like Japanese culture and you've got like the valley guy played by Brandon Lee who is obviously like in 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 the film half Japanese um and just is completely unfamiliar with this side of whatever um and I thought that was a really fun pairing between them they get a lot of good humor going um I love the way that they just interact with each other there's some really good choreography uh especially during the bits where we focus on lee's character you know there's there's some really good fierce blows and connections that come here where i'm like man that must have hurt <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i just really enjoyed it really funny just hilariously early 90s in in nature um i'm not like condescending the movie at all i'm not trying to patronize it because i do think it's really really good um, but my main impression of it overall is like this is such this is such a great time, but and I guess you know you want movies to leave you wanting more. But I was constantly begging for the movie to just slow down just a little bit and actually like let's hang out with these two guys because the the, se the secret success of every good buddy cop movie is that you have those those quiet moments of downtime where you you find you know the the emotional uh, rhythms and beats between the characters and here the only thing they seem to be able to fall back on is isn't it funny that the white boy <laughs> is basically a modern day samurai you know but that's fine i think overall you know what it is is still massively entertaining and i'm really glad i've watched it i'm going to have to buy it now because i want to watch this movie <laughs> over and over again um but i don't know if you guys feel the same that i just even though it's still obviously really really fun you could see that it could have been something genuinely incredible. And this sounds mental to say, given how batshit the premise is, but with a defter touch, I feel like you could have had something really, really, really fun. I mean, it is already really, really fun, but I think like genuinely like could have been early 90s action masterpiece material uh, because Dolph is incredible, like we've already said.
that is that is fair. I, it's it's a I mean it, it's a super short movie. The credits are rolling at hour fifteen. That is like it is done. It is it is cut within an inch of its life. It is pared down to no fat at all. Super lean. Completely forgot to mention as well how much the score for this movie drove me insane. It is the same five notes <laughs> over and over again. And Dan, it it, the, it makes the mistake of I'm fine when movies do that, but it makes the mistake of not being as good as the Tango and Cash theme. So <laughs> I mean, what is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that too. But like, whereas I can listen to the Tango and Cash theme play repeatedly in the movie, the 1989 classic Tango and Cash, where it's. I'm at least getting like several notes here, whereas Showdown and Little Tokyo score is just. I so weirdly love it. I kind of weirdly love it too, Dave. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah. There was some point where I thought, my God, this is a very repetitive score, but I actually kind of like. But I kind of miss the, the the movies of that era that just like throw the same score at you repeatedly. It's just That's... a fun little wacky score. Like, no, like no, you, no... you be like going back to Commando. You don't get a movie like Commando that just no. has an entire soundtrack of steel drums. But no, 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 but that's that's James. That's James Horner who did Commando, right? I'm, I'm oh, correct. Yeah. In, in... It yeah, might be. I don't know. So that's it that's is, like yeah. a classic James Horner score, and you've got you've got. You've got the steel drums, you got the, the, the synth, you got the bass, and then the saxophone comes in, and it's the best thing ever. Whereas with this, it's just... The, the funny part is, I I was watching the movie, like, I finished this movie, like, an hour ago, an hour and a half ago, and I was thinking about the score, and I had that exact same thought where I went, this movie's just doing the same score over and over again, but I'm 100% on board with it. And I was enjoying the score at the time, and now I'm an hour and a half detached from watching the movie i could not sing that score to you yeah <laughs> it's not no. a skill like it barely qualifies as a score it's i just... don't know what it is anymore <laughs> you know what else this guy did uh, david michael frank the composer um some seagal <laughs> movies hard to kill above the law out for justice oh I, feel, I can't even name you the i can't i can't think of what the themes from those movies are but i feel like they gave us more than just <laughs> your issue is you're comparing it to the tango and cash theme which is like comparing like a big mac to the greatest steak you've ever eaten in your entire life look i just wish yeah. i could have had a little bit more because when because and, and to david michael frank's credit when the score actually does something different i'm like oh this is yeah. jesse oh, i'm down with this <laughs> so the two times it does yeah, yeah, the like two, two notes and you're like oh wow i just feel like <laughs> oh, the, this is new they were stretching that budget and they were like, hey, David, my friend, we've gotten your scoring for this movie. And it's like, it's just the same three notes repeatedly. Are you going to do anything else? Uh, you're going to have to pay me more, man. I ran out of the budget. I can only afford those three notes. I've got to go back and watch the early Seagal movies now and see if this score is sim like similar. Because I feel like I was hearing the score and I'm like, this does feel very reminiscent of late 80s early 90s action movies like maybe there's more variety in those but <laughs> like the sound of this to me is very like i think comforting in a weird way where i'm like ah yes this is what this movie sounded like <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it, it's it would be best, very funny but... if we all watched back hard to kill and then it was just like the exact same the exact score same song, change, like, like a note yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a, it's like a pitch higher yeah. yeah and and not to and not to hog any any more time but genuinely sincerely like had a, a brilliant time watching this because it reminded me so much of the movies that my dad showed me growing up as well like it is it is one that i i have no idea if he ever watched i want to say he had because he loved like he loved um 
Dolph Lundgren and he, he loved martial arts movies and was familiar with like Brandon Lee. So I want to assume that he watched it, but I, this has never really had a regular footing on on any of our TV stations growing up, Dan. Uh, like, I feel like I only heard this movie through Action Twitter to begin with. Um, yeah, I was and, like mid-20s maybe when I first yeah, heard of this but, movie. Yeah, genuinely like lovely time. I, I experienced it the way that everybody should watch this kind of movie in the best ideal circumstances, late night on a Friday with like a beer and just just yeah. just sitting down and just <laughs> enjoying yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. And and what and again, like Dolph Lundgren, holy shit, what an amazing, amazing charismatic like screen presence he is. Um, just in awe every time he shows up. Um, and he's the only guy, he's the I'm convinced he is the only. Not only does he have the biggest dick on a man, apparently, <laughs> we have to believe. Uh, Willem Dafoe's <laughs> going to fight him for that honor, I think. Um, but also, I think the only white man who can pull off that look <laughs> at the end. Yeah, the <laughs> outfit he wears at the end is insane, considering he's like the only white guy in the movie. Like, I couldn't believe when he had the... I thought he was just doing like a, a meditative, like, you know, like I thought that would be his meditation pre-battle wear and that maybe he would go <laughs> like Arnie in Commando and just have his, his shirt on. Oh, sure. Off, sorry, and like have the you know the the actual green paint on, on his face. But no, like he's got like the full the full regalia on. Um, just holding like an M sixteen and just mowing dudes down. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Most people would look ridiculous yeah. in the look he's wearing near the end of the movie. But I'm like, it's Dolph. He can pull it off. It's it's fine. It yeah, he's allowed. Do what he wants. Do what he wants. Yeah, he's. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Um, Dan, I okay, what are your thoughts on Shadow Little Tokyo? Let's let's <laughs> anything you want to add to all of what I, you said. I love this movie. I, I without any regret have in both watches given this movie five stars on Letterboxd. This is how much enjoyment I get from this movie. You went far um, than me. I, so, I only went four and a half, but I you know <laughs> but a, a Matt Bledsoe, a Matt Bledsoe four, four and a half is like an everyone else five. So there's <laughs> one thing I've learned. God, from this I'll never podcast. live it down. Damn you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Oh. I, I, it's so funny listening back to you. To, I was listening to your Scott Pilgrim episode and everyone was like making fun of you for having Jaws at 4.5 and I'm oh. just listening to it in my car awkwardly sitting there thinking about how I've got Jaws at 4 stars there you go see <laughs> <laughs> everyone give Dan Jaws. a hard time now after, for a year and a half yeah, of come, maybe... come out the action Twitter shark Twitter is going to be, yeah, be up in arms over <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh boy <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. I feel like I want to start like a letterbox list uh, that this movie would be on and another recent movie I watched, Jim Carter would be on of just the most canon films movies that canon films didn't make. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's so high <laughs> on the list because it's like such, it's so entertaining to me. Like you're not watching it for the plot. You're not watching it for like any sort of deep commentary on anything you are just watching two like and i don't really use this word very often but two bros just kicking bad guys asses <laughs> for 75 minutes i think it's so so entertaining i um i'd seen a couple of brandon lee movies before this so i was very honest thing i hadn't seen that much Dolph honestly before i first saw this um you would if you've not seen anything else brandon lee i feel like a lot of people are going to tell you to watch the crow Rapid. and the crow is good Rapid Fire is going to recommend that. Please watch oh, Rapid, Rapid Fire. Fire. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that is Rapid, Fire, Rapid Fire is great. Rapid Fire has got the, the thing I love with a lot of Jackie Chan movies where Brandon Lee's character, his thing is that he's an art student, but he just knows martial arts. 
Oh, <laughs> so he's like, um, he's like the pizza He's like the pizza delivery guy in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, he's like, Kino, like yeah, I feel like I just saw a meme. It might have been Billy Jarrett who was like, it was. It was like Jackie Chan. I don't want any trouble, and he's like kicked everyone's ass. This is <laughs> like really good as well because I brought up Teenage Ninja Turtles right now. Everyone recognized the fella from Teenage Ninja Turtles one and two in this movie, right? By the way. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Lincoln like, was holy right shit! Now. It's 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 Toshishiro Obata, and I was yes. like, oh my god! And he's doing the exact <laughs> same guy. And I also just, yeah, very, guy. very, very happy to see uh, obligatory Al Leong appearance in this movie too. Yeah. Which is just Rapid a... Fire has a great Brandon Lee Al Leong fight. In oh, it as well. get in! Yes, okay, well, it's like I really love a fantastic Al fight at the end of that movie. I, as someone who um, rates all of his enjoyment of movies based purely on how much Al Leong features in them, then that's... yeah, he's he's great in that. <laughs> Really good uh, Powers Booth performance in that one. Oh, well. Powers but, hey, Booth this isn't a rapid well. fire episode. Yeah. I just, just yeah. wanted to tell you to watch Rapid Fire because like everyone um, talks about the crow and we're on the week that the pictures have just been released from the new crow. And I think the crow is good, but I'm not as in love with it as everybody else is because I only watched it for the first time like three years ago. Um so for me, like the quintessential Brandon Lee movie is Rapid Fire. Um I, but I think he's great in this. And him and Dolph have such good like buddy cop chemistry that i hate that they didn't make five more of these and we yeah. obviously we know why they didn't make more of these at least one of the reasons is is you know brandon lee unfortunately passing away but they're like what i love is in so many buddy cop movies that will come around at this time like you think like lethal weapon or like a few years later rush hour or like tango i don't know cash. why red heat is coming to mind or yeah tango, tango and cash <laughs> like <laughs> they they just don't get on and they like have loads of arguments and they settle in to to becoming partners and like getting on each other's wavelength. Whereas outside of the first scene where they meet and reveal to each other that they're police officers, like straight from that scene on, Brandon Lee and Dolph are just boys in this. <laughs> like, Brandon <laughs> Lee is so supportive of everything Dolph does. <laughs> he's immediately really he's immediately on his quest for revenge. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Like he there's no let's hesitation. He's like, let's well, do this, does, bro. He, well he does he does have that they have that big argument in the car, which I love, where he's like, I'm not getting on your your quest of vengeance, dude, or whatever like that. And then he can't, I think they try and no moment a, where he stops. He does he, they stop the car. But he's still kind of he doesn't walk away and go like this no. is insane. Like it's kinda of like Dolph just is like, Come on. Yeah, it's like, like very little okay, to get him on board. Yeah. His his arc in this movie basically goes around to, hey man. Cops shouldn't behave like that, man. Hey, I've got a badge. You can't kill me, man. And then at the end, he learns that it's okay to have a little bit of murder as a treat. Yeah, yeah. You can snap next have if the, they're the right say, you, you have the right to die. You have the like, right to be dead. It's I wrote it down. <laughs> Talk about a the, moment the that I came off my couch when I first watched this. I was like, yeah. This is the scene that's crazy to me. I thought he was just going to like... It's fermented to death and become a new like he'd come out the other side like a wily e. coyote like oh beard accident or whatever but no he just blows everything up and he's like oh shit see that's crazy to me oh. considering they're like police officers and they should only really be killing people when they're being attacked is that <laughs> is Dolph seeing Tia Carrera ready to commit seppuku on herself and kill herself no one else is actually harming her I know they're like basically forcing her to do it but instead of Dolph sneaking in, getting Tia Carrera and getting her out, the first guy he comes across in the house, he just walks up behind him and snaps his neck. Like, no, <laughs> no. Could you imagine if a police officer in real life did that? Yeah, that would not go well. That it's like, I, Cop <laughs> movies were, like, ruined for me at a young age because uh, my friend's dad was a, like, 
detective for the city. And he told me like, yeah, whenever cops even like fire a bullet, they have like file out tons of paperwork and all this stuff. Uh, and I was like, I mean, that's why the other guys is great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, bad boys two is just ruined now. Like how they, they just for every, <laughs> for every shootout for all the sex that Dolph Lundgren has, but he doesn't want <laughs> there's, there's the paper bitch. <laughs> Back in the office. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh, he murdered again. Better possible paperwork. Paper like... boots? <laughs> I, they, I yeah. quote that line from the other guys. They're so killing often. people with no hesitation. There's a part early on when Dolph's in that, like, fighting arena and he just starts blasting people like he doesn't even need to shoot anybody i think he just like leans out and just shoots nope. a guy and i'm like that's the first murder there'll be more <laughs> i also <laughs> love i love the obligatory early 90s desert eagle appearance as well oh yeah um yeah, I had a, it was a week it was the week for the desert eagles because universal soldier i think they have desert eagles as well and it's yeah. like for obviously last action hero arnie has a desert eagle and that like for for guys that are yeah. as big as 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 dolphin arnie i love it because like that they need those guns so they don't look like they're holding little pea shooters but i love how even when you like you're watching them it looks like they're struggling to hold those things because they are the stupidest guns ever but i love it <laughs> we, we couldn't go through one podcast with you two without last action hero coming up could I, we yeah oh, sorry, no you know. not possible two, two hours <laughs> two hours that was all that's desert eagle bros man they're just they're, they're, desert eagles are this. great movie guns i hear they're terrible real life guns yeah. but I, they're great they look great they're for bigger guys yeah it's like well, that's a normal size gun for these giant men. <laughs> like, but yeah. they're still they still look heavy. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. I uh, to piggyback on what Dan said, I love this movie too because I was like, man, this puts everything I love into seventy five minutes. It's a buddy cop action movie. It's got uh oh god, I, I should have made a list. It's got all these great one liners. It's got all these shootouts. It's got hand-to-hand fights. There's a sword fight at the end. It's got a great bad guy death. Uh, a great bad guy in general. Because I I love seeing Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa pop up movies. Because I think he's like... He's just a great actor, I think. But he's I love him when he's a bad guy. Like I mean, to me, he's always Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. And he's yeah. just scary in that. Um, he's great. My God, there's a cheesy like love scene. With, like it's very short with Tia Carrere and him, but you know what is the line she gives after the very silent climax? Oh my god, oh, it's yeah. insane! It's insane when because... when she's she 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 gets given the gun and he says oh. you won't you won't hear me coming, and then she has sex with him and says that time I heard you coming. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's line paid there. off. That is up I, there. Honestly, as the well, line I'm... at the end of the world is not enough when he's when... having oh. he sleeps with Doctor Christmas Jones. Yes, yeah. what I was gonna say, the bit where she gets into the sort the little like onsen with him, I think it's like a little onsen or like a little like the sauna. Um, I was I was oh, gonna yeah. I just really wanted them to play off how big Dolph was and for her to struggle to like stay in, so she'd be really like cramped and like just there like. That's definitely <laughs> like a body up. double in that scene as well, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Like that's that definitely not her. Put on her is it's a very obvious wig. I'm not I'm not good at spotting wigs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's like clearly a no. wig. Um, they don't show her face. It's always the one sign. But yeah, different body double, and they cut it. I'm like, there's not room in that tub for two adults. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, the, other, oh. the other funny thing as well, because I need to bring this will be the last niche you in fact about this movie is that <laughs> I, the only place I know Tia Carrera from before Showdown Little Tokyo is that she was the voice of Queen Tyranny in the early 2000s Duck Dodgers animated series, which is. Wait, what about Wayne's World? Oh, of course, Wayne's World as well. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah I was going to say Wayne's World. Hey, my, you would not my... see Wayne's World? No, 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 I love Wayne's World. My first experience, <laughs> though, was with uh, Duck Dodgers. Um, so <laughs> she she will always be Queen Tyranny. Go off, Queen. Very I... specific reference. <laughs> 
<laughs> I the, the thing I always remember her from, and I didn't really watch this show, but back in the 2000s, it used to come on Sky One here in like the mid-afternoon in the UK. Um, she was in a show called uh, Relic Hunter, which was like yes. an Indiana Jones kind of yeah. knockoff. And it was like, she played the lead in it. And I still like have not seen any footage from that show since like probably 2002. And anytime <laughs> it comes up for the rest of the night, the theme song to that show will be in my head tonight. <laughs> That was the mid-afternoon show over here, too, on, like, the weekends. It was, like, a syndicated afternoon yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, like, 2 p.m. on a Sunday. I probably, yeah, I think it's exactly what it came on. <laughs> like, she's somebody that's, like, so ridiculously beautiful, too, where you're just, like, where did you come from? Like, where, like, would you come down from heaven? Um, I always found her super, super uh, beautiful, like, especially, like, Wayne's World, my first exposure to her, mm. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then in this, I'm like, this movie's just populated with attractive people from, all over the place like um she doesn't have much to do i mean she's the typical like i damsel in distress hostage witness you know that kind of thing but uh you know she's fine the 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 coming line is like ridiculous (laughs) i can't believe they paid that off from (laughs) sorry one more stupid piece of of random trivia as well i I lost my mind when uh will smith's mum from the fresh prince of bel-air showed up to give exposition is that who that was yeah yeah yeah. oh my god wow yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, "Who is this? I recognize this woman." Yeah, yeah, I forgot it's, it's, to Google she, it. She, play, she plays uh, Will's. Um, I think it's very certain it's, it's Will's mum, isn't it? From um... I definitely recognized her. She's the um, coroner, right? Is what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. they're she, bringing she, out she was, the body she was Will's mum in the, the Fresh Prince Bel Air. Yeah, yeah. Vernie Watson Johnson. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you reminded me of that because I was bugging yeah. the hell out of me when I was watching the movie. Oh yeah, that was her. Wow, she uh, yeah. she knew everything. She knew about how clean it cut it was. She knew about the drugs coming in. <laughs> like, oh my god, sorry, I'm just looking through now. She did additional voices in Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. She played Joyce oh. Carr in Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, the best Batman movie oh. of all time. Uh, so yeah, no, that's that's great. <laughs> and she has showed down a little Tokyo on her resume. <laughs> Yeah, she. I forgot she was on the exposition machine because she gives you like the what happened to the girl and then the drug setup, which is I, my last interjection. That was the last one as well. That's by okay. The way. I <laughs> I wanted to hear all the interesting niche like facts you had. Um, yeah, it was good. It's yeah. I mean, the movie is so like I was gonna say, oh, they're really they skimp on this, they skimp on that, but it's so cut down to just the absolute like essentials that you need to kind of understand. Even some stuff's kind of like it's edited in a way where it's like. Okay, wait, moving a little fast here. But apparently, I got to defend my boy Markel Lester because it is not his fault this movie is so short, apparently. He turned in like a 90-something minute cut, a normal oh. cut. And there were, I think, bad test screenings I read. And then Warner Brothers oh. took it and chopped oh. out more stuff to get down to like 78 minutes. And so Markel Lester was apparently, he was so disappointed in this that he, I think wanted like final approval after this. I mean, I read the the trivia it was, uh, Oh, they took it away from him. So then he started to finance and sell his own movies to keep full control over them. Cause he was so outside, disappointed. About- outside. Of, I, my phone is, is not in within reach at the moment <laughs> outside of this and commando. What else? What else is, is he directed? He did class in 1984. I'm sorry, I'm just putting you on the spot. Here. Okay. I got, I got to be in front of me, so I'm okay. Um, he did class in 1984, which is a pretty entertaining, like, I don't know how to even describe it, like a teen drama with like Michael J. Fox and a bunch of gangs, like, or a gang at a school, like terrorizing everybody. Is, and is that the one where they then do, I haven't seen it, but is that the one where they then do a sequel that's like about robots? <laughs> Yes, where it's like a robot teacher that starts sequel, going crazy or something. Called Class in 1989, where Mark Lester comes back to it like 15 years later. <laughs> yeah. And it's robot teachers at a school 
Um, it was like a sci-fi action movie instead of like weird. A, I mean, it's fun, yeah. but it's weird. He did Firestarter. <laughs> uh, oh, a Nature movie Paris movie? No, Firestarter's the one with Drew Barrymore, oh. Stephen King. Sorry. Story. No, you're fine. Yeah, I'm um, thinking of Firewalker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did a movie called Extreme Justice, which I really like. With I'm just, uh, I'm just going through this now. So I'm seeing a bunch of Scott Glenn, two Scott Glenn movies there, which <laughs> I, I love. As someone who loves and appreciates Scott Glenn, I should probably watch them. <laughs> Extreme Justice is is uh, like the Matt Bledsoe movie brand as well, from what I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that's a, another reason I'll show you a little Tokyo. It's like, listen, we're not taking anybody into prison. We're just killing all the bad guys. And like, yeah, Brandon <laughs> Lee just straight up murdering a man at the end of the movie when he says you have the right to be dead and then lights that man on fire oh put my head fell off here <laughs> pull me your butt out i was so excited uh lights a man on fire blows up all those like brewery tankers of i guess alcohol and it's just like i lost it not just any alcohol, drugs, alcohol, drugs, the most alcohol. explosive yeah. kind, <laughs> most explosive kind. God, I. Oh my, yeah. As well, it. sorry. In that fa- that final bit is so hilarious when they have the coalition, when they have the coalition of criminal enterprises, the Yakuza are muscling in on. Yeah, and it just seems like wardrobe went. What is the most stereotypical? borderline offensive yeah. visual representation we could have of each of these different like gang members yeah. or whatever it's so funny oh my no god no one had a clue what like latino people were or anything like that they were just like yeah i think this is it i've seen Very some typical like i remember yeah the, the latino gang and then like the rednecky biker gang and the guy gets yeah. his hand chopped off or asking a question uh it's like it's a lot there's, of bad. there's a member there's a member of the the like there's like a gang of like black guys it's and like the one of them's the got like a bandana on a bandana on and then a backwards cap on top of his bandana <laughs> like it's a literal hat on a hat it does feel like they they were like okay we need to dress up gang members uh quick go to wardrobe and then threw on whatever they had and figured it out um it's yeah they don't do there's a lot of things they don't expand upon because it's such a short movie like i would like more of the the dolph brandon lee like just hanging out type stuff or them expanding more on their backgrounds of, you know, Dolph being like raised in Japan and being in that culture and Brandon Lee, like not really being part of that culture. I think it's also very funny of Hollywood 30 years ago to be like, I know it's Japanese, but you know, Asians, Asians, that's what it feels like. Cause Bruce Lee or Brandon Lee is half Chinese, not half Japanese. Yeah. And I've kind of forgot. They just were like, you'll be Japanese in this. Cause that was Hollywood, I, you know, 30 years ago it was like, it's fine. Close enough. Like, Good job, Hollywood. <laughs> Jesus. They go, I think they go a little overboard on like because the, the the kind of the dynamic between them is that Dolph is a white guy who grew up in Japan and loves Japanese culture and doesn't really care for American culture. Brandon Lee is a guy who has a Japanese mom and has grown up in the valley in America and doesn't really know much about Japanese culture, but like he just knows nothing about Japanese stuff that like the whitest people would know about. Like, I thought there was going to be like a scene where he like, just doesn't even know what like sushi is or something like that. Like they, they hit that bit so, so much harder than they need to. Yeah. The, the seppuku thing, which I thought seppuku is a pretty common known yeah, we thing. we know what that is. I yeah. It was like, what's seppuku? And then Dolphin was like, I can't get in there. Not, not everyone is out there studying the blade, you know? I know, but it's like, they seem like he's, he's going, <laughs> oh, she's, she's cleaning up and she's like laying out a big knife. Like you couldn't slightly figure that out happens what twice she was as well as the bit where the guy's getting ready to snap his own neck. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" There? Yeah, seems pretty innocuous. <laughs> this guy's to giving me. himself a massage. Brandon <laughs> Lee's like, "Yeah, the casualness of like, what's he doing in there?" And Dolphin's like, "Oh shit, I got to get this. Like, every time." <laughs> that's, like, oh, that shit. scene's insane. 
when that guy snaps yeah. his own neck. I, I, I'm not even 100% sure if that's physically possible. I also love how in that one moment, the police captain doesn't think that they've been... Because in, in the immediate bit before that, they've done a bit of police brutality on this guy. Right. <laughs> and <That's... laughs> and then he's died in police custody. And they're just there like, oh, no, look what you yeah. did. <laughs> the uh, captain's even police. like, oh, God, what'd you do? All like, over the floor. <laughs> Speaking oh, of the police boy. and bringing this guy in, when they it goes as a kidnap, when they capture or arrest, let's use the official term, when they arrest this guy in the restaurant at the beginning of the movie when they first meet each other, Brandon Lee's character, and I'm going to apologize if this sound if I sound ignorant here and this is an actual thing. Brandon Lee refers to himself as being on the Asian task force, which I is that a thing? I don't know if they no call idea. it that. I feel like it'd be more like yeah, a, it's like, like, a, like there's a set of cops specifically for crimes regarding. I think it'd be more like community. a gang task force because it's the yes, Yakuza this is, is, yeah. is, is, is it's a thing. I'm looking at it right now. There was oh, a, okay. this that's why LA I didn't Times, want to just go straight in. I was like, there's an LA thing. Times article here, and I'm certain they get a thank you credit at the end. The city Council votes funds for LAPD Asian Task Force. Oh. Um, so yeah, um, that was interesting. The thing that, See, every day's a school day. Yes. Um, there you go. <laughs> Always learning. That uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, can you break your own neck? I was thinking about that too. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, that interrogation scene. I was like, can you do that? Um. Oh, other things. I I love this movie. That I love these tropes. I love. There always has to be some kind of nightclub fight slash shootout, which the movie has uh, in the beginning. <laughs> and yeah, when they come to the police station and all the gimmick, the whole thing of like ex partners. It's always like. I have all these ex-partners because nobody wants to work with me. One of my favorite like cop movie tropes is like, it's like, and then, a like renegade. Yeah, it's such a renegade. Nobody could work with you. And you have all these ex-partners and it's like, I have ex-partners too. Let's team up. And, and you know, now we're buddies. <laughs> like um, they could probably take longer to uh, make them actually be on the same page. I mean, they're on the same page pretty quickly. Like we talked about I mean, again, this is all like a product of this movie being so short that it's like things I... just happen need to start a campaign for release the Leicester cut of yeah. Showdown in Little Tokyo. <laughs> uh, I know everyone's attention is firmly fixed on another Wonder Brothers Injustice right now, the Coyote versus Atme, but I'm going to kindly request that everyone redoubles their efforts to get the director's cut, the Leicester cut of Showdown in Little Tokyo re-salvaged, because I need to see, I want to see what that I want to see what offended the test audiences so much. Right? Like, were they just, what were if they we just, were to what if we kill two birds with one stone and combine the Leicester cut of Showdown in Little Tokyo and Coyote versus Acme into we're one? We're going to go into the same vault. Super right, okay, movie. So we're, we're, we're setting up the heist right now. So we're yeah. having a Nicolas Cage moment. We're going to steal the Leicester cut of Showdown in Little Tokyo <laughs> and and Coyote versus Acme. And then is there anything else you guys want from the Warner Brothers vault while we're there? I, that's like a grocery list. Like, what else can I yeah. grab you guys while I'm there? I can't throw Batgirl in that in, yeah. Yeah, but I I want those two things out of the vault immediately. Um, oh, and speaking of Warner Brothers messing with stuff, we got to talk about the most famous line in this movie, one of the best lines of cinema, with Brandon <laughs> Lee saying to Dolph Lundgren, in case we die, I need you to know you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man, which originally that line was, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a white man. And somebody yeah. found that offensive at Warner Brothers. And like that's why it's that weird, like they, they're on Brandon Lee and they cut off of him for the like the second part of the line in the middle of the line they cut away from him because they had to cut the white man <laughs> so weird because i feel like weird. i've heard this quote so many times before and i swear that i have heard, somehow heard the 
it's probably just me Mandela effect in myself, but I could have sworn it was always you've got the biggest dick I've ever seen on a white man before. Um, I think anyone who knows that line knows what the original version was. So you might have just heard a lot of people bring up the intended original version. But Dolph's character like does not know how to react to that. Like they just didn't know how to write a reaction. But I feel like does he does he not already have his undies on when he comes out after the 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 post yeah, but it's when he state. Uh, yeah. Maybe he, it's like just immediately after. No, he see he says he's seen it. So in the hot tub, I think doesn't he? Oh yeah, he has some joke about like if I I saw you in the hot tub, I'd be scared too or something. Just like, looking yeah, yeah, through yeah. the He's window, like... the window. <sighs> he was in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Um, yeah, love and that line. Just every couple months, like it goes viral on Twitter because people just it's such a ridiculous but funny line and like. Just yeah, Dolph Lundgren has no idea how to react to how, how you know how could you react to that? Just very humbled, like thank you, I appreciate. <laughs> I also love how this movie mm. does the trope of the guy who has built his own house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> the, this amazing fortress of solitude, Japanese like temple he's built for himself. Yeah, like, and I feel like they burn it down, and we get one reaction shot of Dolph looking mildly bad. inconvenienced, just like, "Oh no, my house!" <laughs> how did the did we, how did the bad guys find the house? That's probably, that probably got cut out of that because they just yeah. show up. Right? I mean, it, it begs a bigger question about the movie as a whole because they're trying to like catch the villain of the movie for all his crimes, but every single place they go to, they get attacked by a horde of bad guys, right? And they keep like, yeah, I mean, that's that yeah that screams guilt if i've ever seen it <laughs> <laughs> oh um god I, I that scene is when you really look at a crazy Dolph longer looks amongst like normal people because he's You're like being led away by these tiny men <laughs> towering over everybody yeah. he's shirtless like it it looks crazy like he just looks like he's, he's at, so out of place but it's just so funny because he's just towering over everybody like, like a foot over everybody <laughs> <laughs> Oh, His arms look God. insane in this movie as well. Genuinely, the the, the um, uh, I, I, we have had a lot of many iconic type tank top like moments in cinema. <laughs> this has got to be like a top five. He just looks ridiculously good. <laughs> like it's such a such a strong look. Um, I love I love the way I love both him and Lee's wardrobe in this movie. I think they both yeah, look yeah, really really too. cool. I love the contrast, the visual contrast as well that you got going on there. Um, just yeah, no, really really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Their Dolph looks great in that leather jacket. Oh yeah, the leather jacket's cool. No, yeah, it's like Brian Lee kind of has more of like the preppy look, I guess, for some of it. Yeah, really yeah. I like it. It's snazzy. He's got like a yeah. clean cut kind of vibe going on, but he's pulling it off that that burgundy suit that he has oh, on yeah. for the first portion of the film. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a good look. <laughs> that's in good suits. They uh, it's like they have great chemistry, like you said. I would have loved sequels to this. We're just them partnering for anything because I think they're both great. Um. Brandon Lee, I'm always obviously sad about just the way he passed away. And like, I, I think he would have definitely been one of those guys that if he had had a career and was still with us, he would become an even more interesting actor. Cause I feel like he always had interesting, like line reading, especially in the crow. Like he, he, some of the line readings he chooses in the crow, like almost wouldn't work for me if it was somebody else, but I feel like he pulls it off. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like yeah. I might be wrong in having heard this. So don't hundred percent quote me on this, but I think Brandon Lee had said sort of before, not long before he died, that he kind of wanted to pivot away a little bit from action as well. I think you're right. Become yeah. a bit more of a sort of dramatic actor than doing just action, which is like, 
a, a thing I sort of don't know which way to feel about because I think, yes, he definitely had the talent and charisma to do that. But also, like, imagine the career this guy would have had as an action. Like, he would be considered one of the all-time action stars now. And he, he kind of is already when there's, like, not that many movies with him in. But right. yeah. we'd have him placed on such... Even if he was still alive, we'd have him placed on the same pedestal now because of like how much of a great action career he could have had after yeah. after uh, the crow. And I know hey, I, he could have done really. I feel like anything too because he could do probably do comedy. Uh, could have been like a romantic lead. Uh, definitely could do action. We saw that. Um, yeah, there was. Are we going to do yeah. a sequel to Rapid Fire? Right. I think I think I heard that. Yeah, I think so. I think it was um, planned. Yeah. It's he's really good, and I thought that movie really shows his range. I feel like because he like sure. gets to be kind of like normal guy, but he gets to do action, gets to be like romantic lead because he has a romance with someone in that movie. Uh, he's funny. He's like he's very charming. He's a uh, like yeah. It's like it's just it just sucks that uh that whole thing happened. I, I like yeah. It's I I was like a little kid when that happened. I remember hearing about it. it was that big a deal. Like I was like seven or six or something that happened. I remember hearing about that and. You watch it now, and it's like it, it sucks even worse because you watch this stuff and you're like, man, he's like so talented, could have had a great career, probably would have been doing like really weird, interesting stuff, honestly, if he kept going. Like, I feel like he would have gotten his like some like weirder roles, and I, I, yeah. I don't know what he would have been doing. It would have been very interesting, but they, I, yeah, they have, I love them together <laughs> like in this movie. Like, that's why I, that's why I wish it was longer. I was like, give me more of Dolph and Brandon Lee hanging out. Like, um, because I'm, I always advocate movies being shorter than longer. But this is one case where I'm like, okay, this could be like, get me to like ninety. I just think minutes. it's a case of the way that the way that it's edited as well. It's so it's so brisk. You don't get any time to pause. <laughs> Ideally, that first sequence where you're introduced to to Dolph's character and he's uh, gate crashing the illegal underground fight, kind of you know gambling facility building whatever <laughs> and you have the the first encounter with the with the encroaching yakuza um ideally like that's that's a really strong opening i really like that the the, the the frustrating thing is that immediately after that it's like it's the next day and he's in a nice little tea tea room and then they're there again and it's like you've not <laughs> you've you, you've not had any time to sit with the first encounter and already we're doing this. I feel like ideally in, in any other action film, you would have taken the time to spend a little more with with Lundgren in, in, in his downtime. And like, I know we're not asking like, oh, we'll see what makes him tick and stuff because, you know, <laughs> but I genuinely, I, I just, I, I would have loved to have had more of those, those moments with just the dudes hanging. I just needed to see yeah. them, you know, have, have the yeah. obligatory. Guys Let's being go. guys. Let's have a takeout. <laughs> Let's do a stakeout. We're gonna like get food, and then you could do the whole thing where like <laughs> Brandon Lee's like, "What's this Japanese food?" And then the, <laughs> the adult you know, educates him on it, and yeah, yeah it could yeah. have been a stakeout scene. That would have really completed my like yeah checklist of just, things just, I like in action movies. Just little <laughs> moments where we get to see the two of them together and like really, I'll, you know, get yeah, I get that because I think to me, like if if you look at like one of the best like buddy cop franchises the lethal weapon movies my favorite like Riggs and murtar scenes are when it's like i love the bits where it's like Riggs going around to murtar's house yes, and like the relationship he develops yeah. with murtar's family <laughs> over those movies like i love that stuff and that's true that's that's kind of as much as i love that these guys just become like like great friends immediately in showdown in little <laughs> tokyo it's all kind of work related their like interactions that they have 
yeah, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna compare it to a masterpiece now, and because <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China, obviously we have that pre-established relationship between Wang and Jack, so we already know the back and forth that's going on there, and because Carpenter plays it so straight and like Hawksian, it's like oh, we're just watching like the the coolest dudes. Um, and everything is moving along at such a lightning fast pace because it's all happening in like a day. You know, there's no real time to, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to have a really low, slow pause or whatever and explain everything really boringly, the movie doesn't have to do that because it's, it's it uses its time so effectively. And obviously Carpenter is a master. Um, with here, I think the issue is like, maybe it would have played a little bit better if it was like more of like a, a diehard style premise where you meet these guys meet this one night and they have to go and take down this thing i don't know i just feel like when a movie is set over multiple days and it just goes click 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 i'm like i just wish yeah slow down just a little bit <laughs> again <laughs> not sh- not dunking massively on the movie because it's still endlessly entertaining for what it is but i just i would have i just would have liked to have seen more of them and it's a testament to how good lundgren and, and lee are that you're left wanting more. <laughs> it is nice when you say a movie's over and you're like, I wish I had more of that. You know, it's like, I, yeah, it's like, that, that thank God that's over. You know, it's like that. It's it's so breathlessly paced. Like I, I was kind of laughing today because I kind of forgot that the near the end, they get captured and put on those like electric, I don't tables or torture device. And they escape that and immediately get into another thing designed to kill them in some convoluted way. Oh my God, <laughs> it's yes. Like, it's like, <laughs> why don't you just shoot them at this point? But they, it's like, they get in this car, they almost get crushed to death. And then I laugh because they just are like, let's leave. That we got, like Tia Carrera is still and, and in he danger. Suddenly gets, he suddenly becomes clothed as well. In the moment he gets into yes. the car, yeah, and then yeah. when they're getting crushed, Dolph found a hoodie. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't want to die stuff, without we, a shirt on. <laughs> we talked about this. I think we made, I made the same kind of joke. So I won't go into the jokes out of it on our Tango and Cash episode, in which I've said to you is my favorite episode. Oh, yeah. of no, this is my I've favorite done. as well. Because that, that kind of movie, which this falls under that bracket, is my favorite yes. kind of movie to sit and yes. talk about. Um, I love needlessly convoluted bad guy plans. Yes. It's what I love yes. so much about like the classic era of James Bond, where no one ever thinks to fucking shoot Bond. They're like, it's... hook him up to the most unnecessarily complicated <laughs> contraption to kill him oh. and he always gets out of it i never like y- you have to t- like not like kind of turn your brain off a little bit you can't look into the logic of like well in real life they just kill him way easier you just gotta look at how insanely ridiculous that moment is when they're trying to kill the character the main character it's like austin powers when uh scott yeah. is shooting He's like, he got him right here. And he's like, no, no, I'll just close that door and assume that he died. Um, I just love they're like, and they don't even check. Nobody checks. Like, they're just like, oh, they're dead. Like, you know, with like, and then I love how Dolph's like, all right, let's get out of here and hang out. We have the element of surprise. I'm thinking like, <laughs> Tia Carrere's life's still in danger. Like, they could yeah. kill her this in between. Yeah. Is, <laughs> it is very Tango and Cash-esque now that I think about it, Dan. I think you are right. Like, it does, it works for me the same reasons why Tango and Cash works so They also me. have it like a Tango and Cash, like, high-five handshake yes. at one point. Yeah. I really thought of Tango and Cash when that happened. They do. They do about they halfway do. through the movie. But Both sadly, no love. moment where uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren dresses in drag. So it loses to Tango and Cash for, for that reason. Oh. 
And I think him and Brandon Lee would both pull that off if they put them yeah. in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Taking on Cash, too. That's a movie I heard about for years. It's like a disaster and it's bad. Oh, and I finally watched it. I was like, this movie's amazing. It's fantastic. <laughs> like, oh, my yeah. God. I, you and I are the two biggest Taking on Cash defenders you will, you will find. <laughs> Love it. I just, this is my, this is totally my genre. This is why I've been talking this a long time. It's kind of, it's a mostly a joke, but this is a film piece hall of fame movie showed in little Tokyo. It's, <laughs> it's that hall of fame is very, it's literally this and last action hero and man on fire. And what's the other thing I put in there random as a joke, uh, live wire, which is funny enough because there's been no episode on it, but I talked about it on Dirk's VHS show. So <laughs> I, I, God, I love why you're so good. Um, Tango Cash probably in the uh, Hall of Fame too, because I do love, give me like a buddy cop 80s, 90s action movie. And it's like, that's the good stuff. That's what I'm after. I, so I remember a few years ago, uh, some friends of mine went to see, I, I can't remember what movie it was, uh, but it was like an action movie. It was like a loud, fun, like action movie. This kind of went to see the cinema. And I wasn't there. I couldn't make it. And they told me that they came out of the movie and one of their friends, one of my friends just said, that was such a Dan movie. Like, that's exactly what Dan would watch. And I'm like, yeah, and this like this is the kind of movie that people who know I love movies like most associate with me. And I I will never get tired of this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I wish there was more of it that I could watch. <laughs> like, I, mean, I feel like they don't make them like this anymore. So it's just, no, you know. No, we don't, oh, oh, but I, oh, I was going to say, the, we talked about a little bit at the beginning. The, the bad guy death at the end is just, can you imagine being at that parade? And then that oh all goes down. Oh my god! <laughs> no one calls the police. Uh, that's because I actually made a comment to Zan when we were watching yesterday. I was like, "Man, what's the response time on the LAPD for a goddamn beer factory like brewery exploding?" exploding. And it's like, "Oh, the parade's the cover up. They can't hear it because everyone's having such a good time at the parade. That's why no one's showing up." Oh. <laughs> and I love the they commitment get their to the swords. Pit. From the parade. That's what I mean. I love the commitment there. Like, I love how they do just have actual, like, samurai swords for this parade. Like, that, that's that's brilliant. This <laughs> and I actually pull have these poor to... guys off their horses and steal their swords. Yeah, but, like, again, to, to talk about, like, because we are having a laugh here, but, like, the action, when it happens, like, when when it's more the the the... the, the more choreographed stuff, I think the shooting stuff is a little bit just... It, it's very early 80s like you know it's it is standard kind of like shootouts very, but they're very fun. blocked I, out but the great actual, use of squibs though great use of yes squibs. <laughs> great but use of squibs the actual hand-to-hand -hand stuff and the 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 sword duel they have at the end that's a really really good fight and the only thing that lets it down is the really janky blade on the other side when he impales them and you can tell that like it's oh. it's not it's not been aligned properly which i think is very very lazy um but like it's, it's that that fight's really good i mean Dolph's yeah. first move in the first fight of this movie and this is the immediately the moment where i was like this is my kind of movie is that a guy tries to kick Dolph, oh, Dolph grabs look... his yeah. foot over his shoulder and then uses the bad guy's foot to kick another bad yeah, guy in the face <laughs> there's it's that so bit good. and there's the bit where he punches and oh. kicks the two guys coming at him at the same time which i'm fairly certain is a move that you can pull off yeah. in one of the Batman arc Amazing. Games. I, I love that kind of over-the-top stuff. Like, my favorite kill in any movie ever is is, is Hard Target, which is when Jean-Claude Jean -Claude Van Damme, like, shoots a guy, like, seven times. With a pistol upside down. With and the... then starts oh. shooting him again. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. God, I love action I movies. Love uh, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Like... <laughs> 
it's, it's just this is why I, so many times you will talk about this is why i watch movies this is cinema um this... yeah it's like it's there's so much like i'll listen to this episode like episodes of this podcast and you'll have like guests on and like you've always got great guests on but like they'll talk about stuff that feels so like highbrow to me and like they're movies that i want to check out and i always want to check out more highbrow stuff and like watch more movies like that but then i really i watch a movie like this and i'm just like if if I could, if I wanted to, I could just only watch this kind of movie, yeah. and I would be absolutely <laughs> fine with it. Like this is all I need. This is all I need. yeah. I yeah. Uh, I like a little bit of everything, but this is like my bread and butter type stuff. Like yeah, eighties nineties action movies are really like where it's at for There's me. Nothing better than <laughs> oh. So I don't know. Anyone want to say about Shirley Little Tokyo that we have not said or they want to mention? I. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, if I'm if you haven't seen it, watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy that I got to watch this movie. Like I had genuinely had like such a blast. It's so much fun. Um and again, I I think Dolph Lundgren like is the coolest dude ever. Uh he's absolutely fantastic. I don't think any other actor makes that role work. Really really yeah. don't. I don't think anyone is capable of doing it. Uh he he plays the part with like full commitment. Um, which I don't, I, and, and he and he makes it work. Like it is like it, it's silly. It's objectively very, very silly. But <laughs> I like how he just commits to it, and I like how, yeah, no, I just I, I love Dolph Lundgren. And again, just to echo what I said at the very beginning of the podcast is that like this is a great time. Um, but it does leave me being like, oh, damn man, like the, he should have had the the action world at his feet because he's so so good in this and like even like with due respect to brandon lee who's really really good in this like lundgren feels like he's on another level like acting wise as well like i feel like he just he makes everything like just oh, nah, I, I, class just love him love him big 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 Dolph <laughs> it's fan. crazy to me with Dolph that and then and like i'm not going down on dtv because i've already said on this episode how much i like dtv but he went from he went 15 years from 1995 to 2010 without appearing on the big screen in anything he was in Johnny Mnemonic, which I watched recently, and he's very good in. And then he wasn't <laughs> oh, in another movie on the big screen until The Expendables. And I, I, I do, I really want to check out his like sort of DTV era of morale things. I know there's some some ones that are supposed to be good. I hear Silent Trigger get floated. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I, I watched it's, Silent oh, Trigger. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. Well, I'll let you go, Matt, if you want to talk it's, about Silent Trigger. Well, I, I was going to probably be a little more positive, but it's because it's it's Russell Mulcahy. Who's a director? Yeah. Who's a director I like because he really like goes for it. Like he really directs the shit out of stuff. Um, and it's a weird movie. Like it, I I don't know how to even describe it. It's got there's, this. Uh, there's the there's the cocaine Joker who's in it for some reason. <laughs> Just some guy who decides he wants to be the Joker in the movie, and he's now the Joker. <laughs> yeah, I actually look back and I'm like my my rating was on as high as I remember it. it. But it's a unique movie. I think it's worth seeing. And it's, it, I wish there was more to it. It's probably a budget restriction type thing, but it's like Russell Mulcahy's direction is interesting, uh, you know, but it's, it's just a kind of, I don't know, uh, not experimental, like, but they're trying to do like a, like a bottle thriller. Like it all takes place yeah. in one tower with flashbacks to a previous meeting where these two freelance snipers worked together um, and there's kind of like a mystery to it, but then there's this really distracting subplot where like these security guards who are in the tower are like just having a weird back and forth. I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> and I also, Men of War was the other one that I was told to check out. And that's kind of like a, 
that, that, that's very Rambo-esque. Like, that's, it's kind of doing like a, a First Blood Part 2 kind of deal. I know there's um, Red Scorpion too, which yeah, a lot of people like. Men of War, Dolph's fantastic in it, and then the rest of the movie is just, I can tell that everyone was doing a lot of cocaine and probably having a very <laughs> fun time. Um, but it's, uh, it's another one of those where I'm like, he's so much better than the material that he's given. Castle Falls yeah. is a good recent Dolph one if either of you oh, seen yeah, that. He, he directed that yeah it's him and scott oh, it's like okay. a it's like a die if you've not seen it even castle falls is like a diehard riff in an abandoned hosti- hospital but it's dolph and scott adkins versus a bunch of bad guys looking for money mm-hmm. and it's it takes way too long to get going but the action in it is like a lot of fun and dolph's really good in it yeah i i saw red scorpion kind of recently and i thought it would be better than it was i was disappointed there's some good action but like I don't know it just didn't the poster is amazing for red scorpion like that yes. you could see oh wow like so i was like off that poster i was like this is gonna be awesome and yeah, it was sold. not as awesome as i thought it was gonna wasn't be wasn't that but... one like co-financed by like the apartheid south african government or something that's, like, or... that's one of the yeah. problems with it it's yeah, like yeah. oh this is awkward because it's like yeah I did it's, not know uh, weird politics but some decent action but not not the best he i, I think his problems as we the projects weren't as good he out you know it's like he could have been using his talents better you know in some some things but uh yeah that is crazy when 15 years without like a theatrical release that's just wild i also want to briefly gas up his appearance in creed 2 which i think might be the most underrated rocky movie ever uh he's fantastic in creed 2 i put off watching creed 2 for so long because i was convinced after creed that they were taking the easy route. It's like, okay, well, they're going to do just, they're going to lead into the, again, I love Rocky Four. Like I, I just, I, I wanted more of what the original Creed did. And I kind of thought that as a postscript to Rocky, Creed was a perfect place to end everything. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Creed 2 in the run up to what, to when Creed 3 came out. And um, I thought everyone underestimated that movie completely. Like, I think like it got criticized when it was announced for being like, you're just going to play with nostalgia now. And then it came out and people like, you're just playing with nostalgia now. But I thought the movie really cleverly played with the inevitability of the clash. And I loved how they gave Dolph the requisite space to actually sit with Drago as a character and like, look at the idea of like, um, kind of going back to that line in Rocky Four, where it's like, he's not a machine, he's a man. And then having the man who refuses yeah. to admit that he's not a machine and kind of lives with that. And then like the idea of like generational pain and and and, and leading down and passing on your pain and, and uh, to you to your own like children or whatever. I, I thought I thought it was fascinating. I think he did not get enough credit for his performance in that movie because he's fantastic in it and brings a whole new dimension to Drago. Those yeah, cream is like the the best legacy sequels going pretty much at the minute as well. Yeah. I thought he was great in Creed too. Yeah, that's an example of him becoming like a better and more interesting actor as he's gotten older. Uh, I think him and JCVD, I'm telling you, they're like they've they've aged so well into like embracing that. Unlike Seagal, who just tries to <laughs> do whatever he was doing like 30 years ago and is barely in his own movie. It's <laughs> like is Seagal even still making movies? I don't, I think I don't feel like I've seen one from him in a while. Well, maybe he. T- I don't know. There was a period where he was cranking him out. Really he's, he's living in Russia now. Like he's just yeah. Everyone thinks he's, he's been sent to fight in Ukraine from oh god things I've seen. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, we must not go there. But he's cranked out some very low effort bad movies, like where he's barely yeah, in some of them too, and he does nothing. He like moves his arms, like throws a guy, and you know, and he's like always in a big coat with his hat. Yeah. His, hair dyed jet black and you know just like oh god he stands there <laughs> says a line 
and then a stunt double comes in and does everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And no, that's not a negative necessarily. Shout out to stunt people, but I mean they're doing the work. It also comes in and says some line and he's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Go, and then gets out, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like <laughs> just grumbles out a line and then leaves. Um he's yeah. <laughs> But but yes, Dolph Lundgren aging much better than uh an underrated so. actor. Yeah, it, I mean we we've gone into this. I've gone into this before. Like had a kind of rant about. I saw have the same rant again. But I think it's just a thing. Action heroes like they don't get credit for how good they can be as actors. Like yeah. Stallone even, even and Arnold legends, both get it yeah, all the time. Yeah, like Arnold is. People were like, yeah, Stallone's movies are insane and Arnold's movies are insane, but they're bad actors. And I'm like, you will never find a man who has screen presence of Arnold Schwarzenegger. That will never happen again. Stallone is incredible as an actor, I think, at times. Like, I watched Copland recently. He's amazing in oh that. Oh, my God, he's so good in that. He's fantastic in Creed. He's a twice-nominated Oscar... Not Oscar-nominated actor. Twice-Oscar-nominated yeah. actor. He, God, I wish he would have won for and Creed. And he was just I, in Tulsa I, King, which he's incredible in. Yeah. God, I wish he would. I, I, no offense to... It was Mark Rylance, who I think won that year for Bridge of Spies, yeah, but I still I thought it should have been Stallone for... Stallone should have got it. 100%. <laughs> like... That felt like a weird, like, we don't respect you, Sloan. Sorry. It's like, we'll nominate you, but we're not going to give you the award. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. They, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I uh, showed a little Tokyo. We all agree. It's a great time. Super fun. <laughs> five stars. The best 75 minutes you could spend. Five stars from Dan. Four and a half from me. I don't know you in three, <laughs> but. Uh, Look, I gave it, I gave it a respectable three and a half. And that means it's really, really that's good. Okay. That's okay. That's but probably like the. I'll take that. Yeah. Reasonable rating. Like I, we're like losing our minds yeah, over here. Like and... I had, I had so much. <laughs> I've rated it too high, but I can't. Like I can't. I, it's not. It's not quite as good as Commando, which is my other benchmark. Well, there, Commando's fair. a more kind of like complete picture. Whereas I think you can see with 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 Little Tokyo where the um, <laughs> none of the edges is none of the edges have been sanded off, but certainly you know editing wise, it it just got. A little bit. They took a little. He, they asked for a number, number two. They gave him a number one. Then he's, he's now feeling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like too, much, yeah. too much at the top. Yeah. Um, but still, like it's, again, it's like, one of those. I, I love. I, there are many three and a half star movies that that I adore. That's, <laughs> and no, all the fine. points you're making are 100 percent correct. But then oh, I yeah, watch yeah. the movie and don't care about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. near the end i think it was a brandon lee lit that man on fire and said you have the right to be dead i was like yeah i was yes. like because oh. <laughs> i was like i realized the movie is has flaws definitely has flaws but i just don't care and i ignore them and rate it as four and a half stars mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yeah, as good yeah, as jaws yeah. some may say uh so <laughs> <laughs> i'll take the heat for that uh i was like it's fine i can't i can't get that off my back so i might as well just lean into it and just go <laughs> Right, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna fight this fight with you, Matt. I'm All right. right, me and Dan locked arms. We got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Carmelita oh, told oh, me. Th oh. This is really sorry not to interrupt. Oh. This is oh, really good because watching it yesterday, when they have the amazing fight scene in the onsen, and you have the big fella who's going toe to toe with Dolph. He is framed like the shark from Jaws. So to just tie this all full circle, <laughs> it all he, gets, he literally is swimming around that little body of water like he's like yeah, the yeah. shark. Like so, there we go. I think that we, oh, we've yeah. the bathhouse fight. Circle. I forgot to even mention the bathhouse fight's great too. Like that's a I good fight. Um, God, yeah. So Carmelita, I was say Carmelita, who's done this show many times, also said she gives Jaws four and a half stars. So like we're in this group of people who are like listen, we like Jaws is very good. I just didn't give it five stars. It's okay. My my letterbox thing is always it's not it, it's almost never based on like objectively how good I think the movie is. It's oh, based yeah, on yeah. how much enjoyment yeah. I get from it. And I think Jaws is great. 
I think I was in a weird headspace when I first watched Jaws. I said I did watch it very late, and I think I would probably give it more like four and a half stars now. Um, and I'm going to rewatch it quite soon. But Showdown Little Tokyo is like objectively from a filmmaking level, probably not a five star movie. But in terms of how no, much no, no. <laughs> Daniel Philip Green enjoys that movie, it's five no. stars. But in our hearts, in our hearts, it's it's uh, almost perfect, yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. movie. Um, yeah. So, well, anyway, I hope you're ready for this Jaws heat, Dan. I don't know if there will be, they'll probably, they'll probably go back to me. So I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you probably won't even get any heat. I've got, uh, I, the problem is the Jaws heat is coming from a bunch of people who like Andy Gorham, who is like a martial arts expert. He's going to, but he's a he's giant nice, man. So I'll he's take like it. Dolph Lundgren size. We keep exaggerating his height. Like it's like wrestling. <laughs> We're like, it's like, oh, Andy's seven six. Yeah, I think we're on about eight foot two. He's point. actually yeah. the size of the effigy that they burn that man to death at the end of the Wicker Man. That's how big he is. It's very hard it's to podcast with him like he's when he's that tall. This giant film fan will yeah. devour us all. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for talking about this. You and I'm so glad we finally got to go. You watch this movie by doing oh. this podcast because yeah. I was like, he'll enjoy this at the very least and i'm glad you did so um yeah super fun everyone should watch it even if we've said everything in the movie it's still fun to watch it's like one of those times when i'm like listen we may have listened the whole thing and been like oh i know everything you it, you got to experience it it's just it's different uh so um well anyway thank you guys and i'll let you plug yourself so dan do you want to go first people can follow you what you're working on all that stuff um, yeah, you'll mainly find me uh, on Twitter at DanGreamer92, uh, DanGreamer on Letterboxd. Um, I'm very active in that action for everyone. Discord as well, if anyone's in there. Um, that's probably the place I'm mostly talking about movies. Um, and I've got my own podcast now called Blind Spots, which you can follow at blindspots underscore pod. Uh, we're recording the first weekend of March. and So the first episode, which is the one with you and where we did the fly, that should be out. This coming week, I was going to edit it this morning and then I went out and got drunk last night, which I very rarely do. So I spent <laughs> this morning quite hungover. Um, so I didn't read it today, but I'm going to edit and release that this week. Um, Matt, you and I spoke about having you on for an episode, so I hope we get a chance to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing more. Um, yeah, and thank you. Joke. Thank you very much for having me on because I, oh, I, uh, I like this podcast a lot. You're one you of the are... nicest guys out there, so I've, I've been I... really looking forward to this. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're always one of our most vocal like supporters on Twitter, so I always appreciate that. You say nice things, so glad we finally got you on here, and I'm excited for your podcast uh, and to be on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, to good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Ewan, what do you got cooking over there? <laughs> yeah, so um, I I'm actually the most organized I've ever been now with the Wheel of Dad Movies <laughs> podcast. I've like got full. <laughs> I'm, I've recorded like four weeks ahead of myself. I'm so proud. Um, so <laughs> yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for for we live that we, we the Jack Reacher episode I just did with Dan uh, came out um, this week, which is really really fun. I've got appearances coming up from uh, Jackson Boren and Kamalita oh. as well, um, which oh, nice. is very exciting, and <laughs> oh, Preston. Nice. Um, so I've got like a so I won't give away the movies that we've covered there, um, but all brilliant fun episodes. I'm really excited to. To, to share those um yeah you can catch that on wheel of dad movies that's on twitter as well at wheel of dad movies i'm on twitter at you and ruins things um and yeah that's that's basically about it also if you want to just play hell divers with me just message me on twitter because i'm <laughs> i'm doing a lot of that recently and man that game is addictive i'm actually gonna go back on and play hell divers again we got, yeah, and that's 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 my plan after this i'm playing with some of the guys in the a4e discord Played some oh. so you and you and I have got to get on that game. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, hit, hit me up. Matt, as well, just in case. I, I mean, I don't, if, yeah. I don't know if you have a PlayStation or a PC or whatever. Just get on Helldivers. And I dive. did get a PS5 recently. So oh, I keep dude. Hearing, I, I just looked in today. So I, I have a whole thing. Yeah. I've got I've got the Hugamo. Anyone who comes onto my ship, the SES Song of Starlight, uh, they get a big hug and they come <laughs> on. Um, it's a great old time. And I just, my whole thing, that I've designated my role as the the flame guy. So I just burn everything. <laughs> Everything burns. I gotta, so yeah, I gotta fire. get into this. I gotta. Uh, I keep hearing about how good this game is, and everyone's like addicted to it. I gotta get into it. Um, so yeah, I'll have to look into that. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, and I'm excited for those We Love Dad movies episodes. But it's all like Twitter friends and film feast guests. I mm-hmm. love that. It's like I'm just uh, pilfering, man. I'm just, I'm just, lead, I'm picking, I'm pilfering your pocket right now. I'm just like, I'll have that kiss. That's okay. I love that. That's all, I, mean, I, I think we're all just like pulling from each other to get. It's like that's the great thing about all these podcasts where we all are friends and know each other it's like okay all that person on my podcast we'll just pick up each other's guests so uh no yeah, i love the podcast network now i know we have this whole like podcasting network it's crazy um but uh, <laughs> uh for our stuff i am not organized i actually don't know what's going to happen next week after this episode because i have nothing planned <laughs> so who even I may... am i I, know, where I? Am I? <laughs> I may have i may have one thing planned <laughs> but i almost don't want to say it because i feel like every time i do announce something it falls through so i'm just going to see if it happens and uh you know, it will be an episode. I don't know what it's going to be, but, uh, but yeah. So anyway, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at film Peace pod. You follow me on Twitter at Napolet 87, follow me in the podcast on Instagram film Peace all one word. You follow me on letterbox. If you want, that should also be Maplet 87. Um, I think that's it. So, uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye everybody. <laughs>